gentlemen welcome to the beard dad and brood podcast as always i am your host the beard dad himself justin allen and i'm joined by my co-host here he comes brandon reese jogging around the corner there brandon we'll let you get your 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 headset here he was just setting up the micro the uh sorry the camera that's something new huh hello i'm here <laughs> here How's he is <laughs> I'm, so i'm gonna quench myself with this fine beer you we have in front of us yeah I'm, I'm almost done with that that was a really good beer so we are here in san diego california uh more specifically well we'll call it scripps ranch uh but close to the mecca where i grew up mira mesa so i'm very happy to be it's almost like a homecoming for me but we are here at harland brewing in scripps ranch and we are joined by ryan and nick of harland brewing what's up guys how's it going Welcome home. <laughs> right? Welcome home. It's always nice when uh, work sends you on these random trips and you can make something happen out of it. So I'm really happy to be back. So we're here at Harlan Brewing and uh, one of the one of my personal favorite breweries. Um, so I'm excited to actually see you in person. I know we've talked online and social media and uh, we've featured your beers on the show because they are proudly carried at the Craft Lounge in Beaumont, California, just north of the 10 Freeway. Go in and see Jimmy at the Craft Lounge. Tell him the Beard Adam Brew Podcast sent you. And he carries a lot of Harlan beer, so That's a amazing. lot. <laughs> it's always exciting when we can make it all the way out to somewhere like Beaumont. I love yeah. it. Or a lot of people like to call it Blowmont because it's really windy out there. <laughs> but uh, it'd be re- really cool to get you guys up there for a tap takeover one of these days. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, we just kind of expanded our distribution network, and, yeah. and more of our beers are going to be re- readily available in uh, the IE and, and those awesome little more remote areas like Beaumont. And yeah, make it all out in the valley. So. Your beers do really well there at the Craft Lounge. They fly off the shelves usually. Uh, you know, when Jimmy first started carrying them, that's what got me hooked. And uh, when I'm in there, uh, at any given time, there's at least one or two people drinking a Harlan beer, no matter what, um, if not more. So you should be proud of that. That's amazing. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, we should have you here all the time. I mean, I feel really good about ourselves right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, Los Angeles, where I'm from, they're getting by right now only on Japanese rice. That's <laughs> yeah. like we feel it on the production side. I say it's that been the, the beer the past couple of months. Been going through some rice like a madman. Oh or? man, it's crazy. <laughs> Pallets of rice. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, as soon as we opened LA, Japanese just started crushing. So it's uh, we appreciate the support up there. That's you know awesome. Yeah, it's cool to Hell see. Yeah. It's really cool to see your beers like all over the place. I'm sure you guys see them on social media, like not even just here in California, but other states. People post them. Um, I've, I've seen them. I mean, overseas. I'm sure you've seen them on online. That's that's yeah. got to be as as a brewer, somebody that you know puts their heart and soul into this process to see someone enjoying that beer far, far away. That's got to be awesome. Uh, it's honestly crazy because it's funny because I tell this story a lot. But Nick and I, like on our first day when we were able to brew a beer, it was my first day working here. Nick had been doing the build out of the brewery. Yeah. First actual brew though, and we were just like, "What do you want to make?" And they're like, I don't know. Uh, and then it's like, what? What's our? What's our like? What's our theme? What's our vibe? Like, what are we doing? And we're, you know, we don't know. I don't know. We got to figure it out, you know. And so, coming from that to now having, you know, a following for beers, and you know, having, I feel like, kind of found our place in the beer scene. Um, is huge because you know, at the time when we opened t- 2019, there was 170 plus breweries in San Diego. Yeah. And to stand out in that crowd is how how. 
Um, so yeah, not, it's not cool. only stand out, but you guys are close to so many huge heavy hitters, yeah. especially in Miramar, like just what across the freeway almost. Yeah, uh, and to be able to do what you guys did in such a short time frame that's a testament to the type of beers that you guys make um it 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 caught the caught the attention of san diego and then eventually it kind of blossomed from there but uh, congrats on that guys we appreciate it you know i mean it's kind of funny but like we 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 kind of had this this growth built in because the way the business is formed and we own a distributor as well yeah so scout distribution is our our wholesaler that we all own under the same umbrella so it was like it was really easy for us to to get beer into the hands of people. But more than that, I think because we own the distributor, it's easy to be super reactive. And when things work, we know they work and we keep, you know, keep doing it. And when they don't work, we can react so quickly because we have, you know, there's, there's fewer levels to making changes. So it's like, we've been able to be so reactive and, and honestly, like we're the type of brewers who, you know, there's lots of different ways to, to decide what you're going to make. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of brewers think that they should be dictating what people are drinking. We're not that way. Yeah. We're like, we're going to make what people like, you know, and, and yeah. we want, we want sellout beers. Like we want beers that like people line up for, even if it's not something that we drink, like we're right. going to make it and we're going to make the hell out of it because that's, that's what we want. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not going to tell you that you should be drinking some goofball, I don't know, smoked malt American <laughs> stout in Smoke the Czech style pills September. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, that's, that's, who wants that? So, you yeah. know, we, we just want to, that's like what we do is we just try to listen to our fans and, and uh, you know, the people in, in scripts have been great to us. So we just try to do, do what people like. That's awesome. And uh, speaking of uh, sellout beers, something that we pre-gamed with, and I'm really excited to finally uh, get my hands on it because every time I've tried, it's been sold out is the Ube Milkshake IPA. Oh, yeah. uh, we were just kind of talking about it before we started recording. It brought me back to my childhood, you know, growing up here in Mira Mesa and a friend, my, my best friend, uh, Mikey, uh, What's up, Mikey? He's also known as Christian, but I call him Mikey. <laughs> Probably the only one that still does. Uh, but m- his mom used to make those uh, ube cakes, and, and I'm just like, man, this tastes just like it. This is so crazy. It's first time, and I didn't know what to expect tasting it. I'm like, I'm going to go into this blind. I already know that you guys make great beers, so I wasn't worried about it being bad. But I'm like, what, what's going to happen here? Is it going to be IPA? Is it going to be like super ube? Like, what's, what's going to go? I mean, perfect. I don't know how you guys came up with that but good job on that i mean that's kind of right story. in the timeline of yeah. when that happened yeah. so so we ryan just talked about it right the first week or the first brew it was like what are we going to do right yeah my my uh, my wife and, and her family is uh chamorro so they're from guam yeah so we were here and open for a week and then we had a trip to guam planned so ryan I, we brewed for a week and then ryan was on his own for a little bit mm-hmm. for because it was just the two of, two of us at that time so we were out in Guam and there, you know there's a, it's another Pacific island and, and there's a yeah. lot of influence of other you know islander culture out there so there's a lot of ube things out there and I was at a, a bakery and was eating this ube donut and I I, oh, I took a picture of it and I sent it to Ryan and I was like I really don't know how we're going to do this but we need to figure out a way to make a beer out of this and so yeah. like it's kind of cool because now it's become one of the most popular things that we do and it, you know we have a whole festival dedicated to it and yeah. you just know, had it, it that's right yeah. Yeah, a couple weeks ago you know which was in and of itself a lot a lot, <laughs> lot to do but yeah. but I mean you know where we've come from with that is like we've always tried to do things and make beer for a specific reason right the very first smoothie sour we ever did we did it with Mortalis because they're who does them right and they're like our, who we looked up to for that so we've always been like we're never going to make something just to make it we're going to make it for a reason and so we explore new styles because we're going to do it with somebody that's a friend or we in, explore new ingredients because we have family influence or whatever it may be so you know, that's kind of how we've already always tried to I don't know, guide our, our decision-making process, honestly, awesome. as, as organically as possible, right? We don't do things to, to be hype or to be cool. We just, like, 
do them. And if people like them, cool. And if they don't like them, that's cool too. Yeah, like the first batch, uh, we were getting ready to, you know, I remember even just brewing it. Our owners were like, are people going to buy this? And I go, I don't know. Maybe. And they go, are people going to know what it is? I I don't know. And then we, you know, we had never been like to type to sell out a beer release. And so we had no limit. We were just like open. We're like, hey, we're releasing the Supe IPA, milkshake IPA. And then next thing you know, there's like a line out the door and people are buying like flats, like cases on cases. We're like, oh, well, we only have 50 cases. We should probably start limiting this. And then we're like, I don't know, four four, four pack limit. And then we're like, oh, it's getting even crazier. Like, Two two yeah. four pack, and they're like, all right, one four pack per person, and then, you know, and that that time the, just the sourcing of the ingredients that go into that beer, yeah. limited us to a ten barrel batch, so one of the smaller tanks on our pilot system, and we couldn't get more. Like we bought right. out Amazon of all the ube, it's like dehydrated ube powder. We bought yep. them out of all. The FBI is like looking at you guys. What are these guys doing yeah. with all this ube? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you're from Mira Mesa. We went to Seafood City and got right. as many frozen packets of ube puree. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, anything that we could find to use in it. And it was like, I mean, it, it, we couldn't find it for months after that. Yeah. yeah. So right. even if we had wanted to redo it, we could make more. You guys are just being <laughs> trying to build it hype. I'm like, no, I literally just can't find the ingredients. Like, gonna have to start growing it. Here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you guys you know find, I can find ube? Like, did, <laughs> did you find ube in all of its various forms, like hard to brew with? Or, uh, yeah. So I think that's. I think this is what the fourth or fifth time we brewed this beer now. Yep. Yeah, fifth, I think. Um, but it's changed a little bit every time, just based mm-hmm. off of like you know. The first time we brewed it, it was a true IPA. I mean, it was dry hop very yeah. heavily with Sabro. So um, we've obviously dialed that back quite a bit. Um, and, you know, it's just the way we treat the beer and the, and the way we adjunct the beer is definitely changed every time, but in the, to make the beer better, in our opinion. Because, um, yeah, the first time we were just, I don't know. So, like, for, <laughs> so for the listeners, how would you describe um, the flavor profile, what what they're going to experience with the ube and, and all see if it matches up with, with what I, well, I already know it tastes like an ube cake but yeah see, what were you going for so i mean typically when in ube desserts you'll find it paired with coconut yes. a lot so we did a heavy heavy treatment of coconut so basically it's dry it's actually got coconut milk sugar yeah. so it's actually like like lactose but it's coconut dry from flavor. coconut yeah. um that's in the whirlpool um and then some sabro in the whirlpool and then um also some regular just lactose so there is milk sugar in there um, and then knock that out, let it ferment, dry hop a little bit more Sabro. Um, so Sabro, if you, if, for those who don't know, is a, that's a newer varietal, but like when you dry hop with it, it literally tastes like cocaine. Yeah, that's yeah, like, right, right. it's the big coconut guy. Yeah. We're not huge fans of it, but it's funny because we buy Perfect like for a beer. box a year, like just for this beer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It, it, it can, uh, something about Sabro that I've noticed, and I know you guys is it, it'll, it'll help balance out, um, if you're using any other more bitter hops. Yeah. Uh, just cause that coconut flavor is really what what balances out it yeah, gives it like a perceived per- sweetness for yeah sure. that's really what i was gonna say yeah perceived sweetness basically from the coconut aromatics on right it, so yeah and then we recircuit on all the the ube powder the puree uh that's where we get the color that's where we get the color and then we also do a bunch of coconut so we recircuit on coconut too so nice i would say it tastes like a yam like a sweet potato pie coconut cookie mm, okay i like that i don't know yeah i like that i, I, I was that. i was gonna say um the quality that you're going to get uh, for me, flavor-wise, is uh, maybe like a velvet cake, oh, velvet yeah, cupcake, but yeah, with yeah. coconut like cream frosting yeah, on top. I yeah. can see that. And then, uh, and obviously, uh, the color is amazing. For those of you that yeah. like our Instagram beer nerds that like to take their pictures, we took some already. 
it's bright purple. purple. <laughs> <laughs> like Barney the Dinosaur, it's it's bright purple. That's right. Uh, so it definitely comes out cool. But yeah, like I said, it's blended very well. It's it's super smooth, not bitter at all. You get a lot of the, the coconut, you know, and just it rinses clean, no no bitter aftertaste or anything like that. So I'm glad I finally got some. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, this year we did, because we did Ube Day, we did a uh, 30-barrel batch. So, yeah, it was hard to get all the stuff for that. It took. I mean, we knew we were doing this a year. So basically it was like a year of planning just to brew up yeah. a 30-barrel batch of Ube Day. Wow. So it's a once-a-year Okay. release for sure yeah and so everyone's gonna have to look forward to ube ube day yep. right it's uh, always gonna be in september okay. pretty sure it's always gonna be in september as of right now yeah so so kind of you know building on where the beer came from right is being you know in this this specific islander inspired uh flavor profile so a lot of the yes. beers that we've done have been inspired by you know those cultures and, and by my wife's family who mm-hmm. she's also our chief of staff here so we she has a big influence over what we do Awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, so th- so it's kind of turned into like a cultural celebration as well. So, yeah. you know, we feature island reggae artists and, uh, you know, island food vendors and merch manufacturers. Yeah. And we kind of turned it into, uh, for those not from San Diego or knowing of the culture, the Pacific Islander Festival is the following weekend. So we try to do it the weekend before, knowing nice. that a lot of people from other, you know, parts of the world travel out here for that. Right. So that we can have them all here and, you know, really, really try to make it both a beer festival and a cultural celebration at the same time. It's perfect uh, location for it, you know, as far as uh, Pacific Islander uh, culture. You, obviously, here growing up in Mira Mesa, it used to be a Navy base. Now it's a Marine base. Um, but a large influence of Pacific Islanders uh, through yep. via the Navy came here. Yep. Um, and, in fact, that's how my, my friend Mikey got here. Oh, awesome. Uh, but, yeah, it's a great location, great spot, great time of the year. I wish... We could have came. Of course, we were uh, committed to Oktoberfest at King's Brewing. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man, well, what if I, like, we did, like, half the day at King's and then, like, hauled ass down there <laughs> to get down here for Ube Fest? That'd be crazy. Maybe we'll try that next year. Yeah. We'll have to do some uh, liver Olympics before beforehand. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Well, how was it? Because I know Jeremiah's been working on that lager program, so I'm sure he had some great beers. It's amazing. If I, I wish I, I could have brought, because I think I have uh, one can of um, from the KBC Lager House. It, he, he went to uh, GABF one year, or I don't know if it was for GABF or if it, if it was for another festival, but he went to Beer Stat, and then there's a, a Czech uh, brewery there in Denver as well. Yeah, Cohesion. Uh, there you go. And he was he fell in love with it. Came back, and he's like, I'm doing this. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like well, I'm not going to tell you, like, don't do it, because that's all I like to drink. So <laughs> by all means, and uh, he, he takes it so seriously. Like, he, everything, uh, if you've ever known or met Jeremiah, he does everything got to do it top you know yeah. and so he bought all brand new equipment set up a new spot so he's got his main production brewery for everything else that he makes and then just one for kbc lager house it's awesome and um it's kind of his little little baby and uh kind of a couple years in the making now and it's getting better and better and better he's got the slow pour pilsners and oh yeah um, the milk pours the milk pours those those are awesome and yeah, sucker yeah. From milk you, you gotta try you, you have yeah. to go go up there and visit so, all right. Well, we poured another beer, and we're talking about Oktoberfest, and I see something here that I actually wanted to try. So, yeah. a good segue into it. I figure we dive right into the Marzen that we did with uh, Tripping Animals. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, please. So, it's kind of funny because one of our things last year with uh, with collaborations was, uh, you know, I think there's expectations with certain breweries of what style will be brewed. Right. And that's not always fun for the brewers because, you know, I just feel like it's like, oh, like we got to brew this because that's what people expect us to brew. Right. So I remember like our first collaboration with Horace, 
everyone's expecting a pastry stout, and right. they came out with a Dortmund or like an export lager. They're like, what is and this? They're like, wait, what? And, then, and so we kind of have fun with that. Yeah. And so now with Mars in, or with the Tripping Animals crew last year, they came, they came out and hung out at the brewery, and we did a smoothie sour called Miami Fluff. Yeah. And it had all the fruit and all the marshmallow in it. Yeah. But I was like, I asked Ignacio, I'm like, how do you feel? Maybe we brew something for us. You know, and, and we'll sell it still too. And you, oh, absolutely. And I go, it's, I think they came out, it was September, yeah. around September. Yep. Um, Just in time. So I was like, yeah. I was yeah. like, how about a Mars? He's like, let's do it. And then it did so well, um, we brewed it again this year. So we did actually a 30 barrel batch this year, got some distro, and uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we could dig right into it, but uh, it's kind of funny. You'll, you'll taste, uh, you'll taste what we do here, but our kind of approach to most of what we do is, you know, we're and uh, kind of going off the conversation we were having before about GABF, we don't really brew to style. Nothing that we do right. really fits a style guideline, including this. I mean, we just did a, a collaboration Mars in with our, our boys down the street in Boulder, and, and theirs is far more true to style. But but ours yeah. is kind of like we design all the beers the way we want to drink them. I mean, yeah. our West Coast IPAs aren't that bitter. Our you know our our pilsners and our lagers aren't that bitter. They're not that hop forward. Like we we kind of like. You know, we decided a long time ago that we were going to make the beer that we like. We were going to make the styles the way we like to drink them, and so this is yeah. a perfect example of it. I mean, it's it's biscuity, and you know, it has some good like, yeah. you know, that that kind of Munich-y, uh Vienna malt character to it that has like this breadiness. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's a crusher, and that's like most of our lagers. We try to make them crushers. Yeah. I dried it out a little bit more than most, and then hit it pretty hard on the whirlpool with some saws and Hallertau Blanc, which is yeah. not like a. Not traditional. Not traditional, especially right. with a, a solid Whirlpool edition. Um, as the beers aged, um, the hops fell off a little bit, and it kind of turned more into that traditional, um, like, Marzen that you would expect as far as the complexity and caramel notes to it. But That's almost, really good. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah, I almost get something, uh, like, floral right at the, at the yeah. start of it. I think that's, like, like the Howertel Blanc. Yeah. The Howertel Blanc gets pretty bright and, like, floral, and then sauce is, like, your traditional noble, but I, one of my favorite hops. This is cool, and, and you know, I know you guys say do a lot of non-traditional and that's kind of what i like about you guys um is the the uniqueness uh to your brewery and everything that you guys put out and i think this works because yeah it's oktoberfest it's marzen but it, you're, you're a collab with tripping animals who are yeah. a brewery they don't brew the similar style but they brew all the wild stuff yeah, right yeah, yeah, um, yeah for sure got some stories about those guys because we went to irie jungle this year so oh, all right there we go so did they yeah, that's uh spending time with those guys is a lot of fun but yeah. miami is a, is a different country how was the island party did you go to that i didn't I, we i saw the last time i saw those guys was for wake fest i was out there oh no yeah that was wake fest. Wake fest. okay sorry yeah. week before I, I know you guys were there because i saw uh what's his name yeah tall jack guy. was out there for us tall guy yeah. Tanning tail jack. Tall jack yeah yeah, yeah. Miami to San Diego and yeah. now back to Tampa is where you went. I think he's Miami everywhere now. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. I literally think his I think his title or his Instagram is Miami to everywhere or anywhere, there you go. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw him there because it was funny. I was literally um, on a imagine that a work trip in San Diego right before I rejungle. I was on a work trip down here and he was at the Carmel Valley Tap Room. And I went and, and I was talking to him, and then I saw him at Ivory Jungle. And oh, I was that's like, hilarious. Yeah. I was like, why do you look so familiar? And then <laughs> he turned around and had the Harlan shirt. I'm like, that's where i seen you. And then he went back to the booth and started serving. I'm like, all right, cool. But, yeah, Ivory Jungle is a blast, man. Those guys are amazing hosts, man. They, yeah. they, they throw a great party, and that yeah. was actually one of my favorite festivals I've ever been to. Those guys, they're, they're funny. Like, they – so we, we they do the same thing that we try to do when we do collaborations with people, like – we want them to come out here and feel like family immediately. And, right. And when you go to Tripping Animals, it's like 
you walk in and you know they're playing dominoes and they're you know barbecuing and it's like it, it doesn't matter who you are you're welcome with beer and food and fun and it's like that's that's a family out there you know what i'm saying and that's like we've tried to to do the same thing so when we first met them it was like it, it felt immediately like we were family because it's like oh you guys are are you know the same people so right. they're dope and they make great beer and, and we love them for sure so Oh, that's that's awesome. I was just thinking, like, man, if I went into like my local bottle shop or something like that, and I saw a four pack of this, like, done tripping, yeah, but like tripping, tripping animals, animals doing and Harlan, Harlan. <laughs> and then yeah, right? collab with Harlan, like, wow, yeah, you gotta grab a four pack. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. I love the can art. I totally forgot there was the... even a camera going. That's why I was like, what is it's he so doing? Tiny. Like, Look Who's at he it. showing that to? I don't know. I know. That is our. Hopefully, we're all in the shot. That is something that I've had for two years and never used. So I figured I'd actually use it on one time. But uh, the DJI Osmo 2, the wide-angle lens. We'll see how that looks. Uh, uh, this is kind of going back in. Nick's cracking another beer, but this kind of goes back into, again, uh, brewing what we want to drink. Uh, we did a collab with Kelsey at North Park and Kyle from Horace. Oh, wow. Three-way. <clears throat> three-way. Three collabs. So wow. we did uh, North Park release Cryo Eyes. Or, sorry, uh, they released Classic Eyes first. So Classic Kelsey Eyes. did cla- Classic Eyes. So it was a... Uh, kind of like a new school approach on a classic west coast ipa so it was like centennial i want to say centennial cryo you got it was like centennial cascade uh simcoe or something like that though but it was all classic classic hops but just in like kind of new formats and it's like a bit more of a classic take on that so classic eyes was released from north park and then we did cryo eyes so we have never done a all cryo hopped ipa so the only hops in this, there's no traditional T90 like regular hop pellets. It's just the cryo. Just cryo. Just cryo. Wow. Man, I and can it, smell this like as soon as you crack it. Yeah. Nick, like yeah. And it the crazy thing is, just for for people that um, shy away from IPAs and stuff because of the bitterness of the hops, when they smell this, they're going to be terrified. Yeah. It is very aro- uh, uh, the aroma. The is like oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. insane. Um, but then I, I already snuck a taste already not what the no. aroma gives you like it's no. so clean and that's what i love about your beers it's insane how you, how you can pull that off to pull that aroma off and then not be like like i'm drinking a freaking stone delicious yeah. back in the day you know where yeah. i'm like oh my god what is this tastes like tree bark yeah <laughs> i mean that's right. yeah it, it's kind of funny because like that's you know when, when you read the label right and it says you know it just says india pale ale right yeah. and you'd assume it's just a typical west coast ipa but it's it's right. our typical west coast yeah. ipa which is going to be like that you know we, we like the aromas to jump out of the glass but we want restrained bitterness and we want a, a dry finish that's not you know too thick not not too big bodied and you know nice and nice and crisp and again i mean the idea being that i don't know i don't know about you guys but i never like to drink just one beer so i want to be able to have more than one and enjoy myself <laughs> yeah this one you can crush. What's the ABV on it? Seven and a half. Oh, man. Wow. It would sneak up on yeah. you, too. My dad, I think, actually. Or no, who was Was it? Maybe my dad. Oh, no, it was Miguel. One of our buddies literally crushed a four-pack the other day. I felt it. And he Damn. didn't realize until about, you know, the fourth, halfway through the fourth can, he's like, oh, wait, no. Yeah. yeah these are seven okay. and a half. I'm faded. Whoops. I did that once with uh, a King's beer. I think it was the Falcon Heavy or something like that. Not realizing it was a triple. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm, I'm sitting out at the pool, and I drank the whole four-pack. And next thing I know, I'm in the pool, and it feels like I'm in the ocean. I'm like, what is... And then I, and I was like, wait a minute. And then I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? Jeremiah, usually when he puts out the hazy IPAs, they're always triples. And I look at the can, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah Super we- smooth. But this right here, this is, a, this is a good boat beer. 
even though it's a little stronger, it's just crisp, clean, and probably, you know, nice and refreshing on yep. a nice day. But, and actually, uh, I should go run and get it just because it's part of the series, but we're working on the third iteration, which is Kyle's version. Um, but obviously, everyone knows Kyle's a gypsy brewer, so he does not have a brewery, so the, brewery, the beer is being brewed here. Yeah. But basically, we did Cocoa Eyes, and Kyle goes, let's see how much coconut we can put into this. And so he goes, what's your average, what's like, what's your coconut dosing rate? And I was like, oh, mine's like a pound per gallon. And then Kelsey with his macaroons before dying series was like, oh, mine's two pounds per gallon. And then he was like, you ever heard anyone doing three pounds per gallon? I go, nope. And he goes, let's go for three. And I said, okay. Um, okay. And then on the side, so it's called Cocoa Eyes on the side. It literally just says coconut like 20 times. Yeah. Um, And it's absurd. It's nuts. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, we've had one of our guys has literally been working on it for like a week straight, and that's literally yeah. all he's been doing is reloading the research vessel and just doing more and more coconut every right. day. So it's it's been nuts. I like but. that. I like that. That's the cool thing about um, uh, you guys and a lot of the the breweries that really like to play around and do the R and D stuff. It's it's really cool because then you're like stuff like that. How much can we push the limit here and see yeah, see it. what we come up with? You know. And sometimes it's not so good, and sometimes you come up with, like, a home run. So um, I'm, I'm excited to try it. But this right here is damn fine beer. Yeah, In fact, I already know uh, uh, who would really like this, uh, Jimmy. I'm not sure if he's had Is this in distro yet? Yeah, this one is this just in house. Only. Okay, yeah. yeah. Jimmy, you would love this beer. We'll send you with some for it. All right. We try to do – yeah, it's kind of funny, but, like, we try to do, like, a lot of fun stuff for distribution. But yeah. a lot of times it just ends up being – you know, just just what we have. Right. You know, we can only do so much, so we do it in house because that's kind of all the volume we have for it. You know, yeah. and like more than anything, it's not that we don't want it to get out to the people and you know that are far away, but like we want to reward the people who come here every day. You Absolutely. Know? And especially, I mean, you grew up in this neighborhood. It's a neighborhood area. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's it's a very you know community centric area. This is, uh, you know, I know there's not a. T- well, technically, there's a bunch of breweries close by just up the freeway, and you have, I think, a, well, there's the cidery down the street, and then I know you guys have what used to be Savage Wood, now Voodoo Child or Voodoo Yeah, or I don't know if Savage still there. It's like, uh, I thought they were still there. Maybe not, though. I think some of his beers are there. I know Lance moved to Idaho. Um, oh, gotcha. Shout out to, to Lance, uh, Lance Savage Wood. Um, he took care of us uh, when we came down and visited his brewery a couple Oof. years ago. Uh, but uh, but yeah, you guys are in a great spot because you're in between Scripps Ranch, Mira Mesa, yeah. Penasquitas, yep. um, and it's kind of like okay, so obviously a ton of our breweries in San Diego, down you know North Park, downtown San Diego, and all that, and of course we have the Miramar Hub, which you guys are just north of that, yep. um, and then you're kind of that last stop before you get up to North County where all the other stuff is at. So yeah. it's, it's good location, kind of guys got your own little niche over here in a great spot. It's yeah, nice little industrial area and. It's walkable for a lot of, you know, unlike Miramar, that no one lives on Miramar. Right. right? So it's kind of nice being here because there's a lot of residential places yeah. around here. So people walk down here and have a beer on a Friday or Saturday. Yeah. I think there's literally a piece of coconut no, in one of those glasses yeah. over there. <laughs> so you weren't kidding when you said all the coconut. No. Yeah. So just to put it in perspective, so like this started at like 18 barrels. So I think there's, there's a little over 1,500 pounds of coconut in here of raw and toasted. Man, I'm just picturing that poor guy climbing up those trees and having to pluck all those coconuts. <laughs> you should picture the poor Jake, our one of our brewers, who had to like 
uh, re-sanitize and oh clean that. Oh my the, gosh, I'll bet. He had to do it, it was every two days for the entire week. He was basically emptying out around 600 pounds of saturated coconut and then wow. re-sanitizing and filling with another 600 pounds of coconut. So. Yeah. yeah it's an, it, this thing is next level for sure. <laughs> so we have in front of us a beer that we were just talking about that has not yet been released. Trying to push the limits of how much beer you can put in coconut. So co- coconut eyes? Cocoa eyes. Cocoa eyes. So three-way collab, Harland, Horace, and North Park. Yep. That's it. And it's finishing the uh, like eyes series, I guess, that you would, uh, yeah. There is a piece it's, of coconut in there. <laughs> it's, it's liquid almond joy. It's kind of cool. It's the third time we've done a, like a three-way oh collab. <laughs> Did you smell that? That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's honestly stupid. Wow. But good. Stupid in a good good way. I mean, obviously, if you don't like coconut, it's probably not going to be for you, but... Or you have an allergy. Or it might kill you just smelling. Yeah. Yeah. You're not kidding, man. I barely even got it up to my nose. I'm like, I can smell it already. And then you really smell it, and you're like... Even funnier story was uh, Kyle had bought... He didn't know if that would be enough, like our treatment of it. Wow. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's a lot of coconut. It's a lot of coconut. I mean, you look at, there's literally, I mean, there's oil, like, at the top. Coconut There's no, there's no head retention because it's so greasy from the oil that it just kills it immediately. I I think push it more. Go more coconut. More coconut. Just keep keep going. I get a point where it's just like, I I think at a certain point, like, it doesn't, can it smell more like coconut than a coconut? I don't know. Man, this is crazy. This is definitely something people would expect having like the Horus name on the on the collab right, you know, yeah, I've had right. many uh, samples of Horus over the years uh, I've always been tempted to join the club yeah I haven't yet uh, someone's like hey let's go in on it together this year and I'm like oh, I don't know because I somehow always end up with Horus by via trade or someone gotcha, else yeah. just hands it to me uh, in fact uh, what was it uh, when we had the show with 903 Brewers up at the Craft Lounge um, one of our listeners uh, good that became a good friend of ours uh, he brought a bottle of Horace that he won at the first Kunkel Fest at the silent auction. He's like, we're going to break it open tonight. Oh, awesome. And, God, man, every beer I've had from Horace, man, is just stellar. You can't drink that whole bottle, though. Like, no. you got to share it. <laughs> yeah, I share, share beer for sure. Beer with friends. <clears throat> I don't know if he's putting this in the 12-ounce format or the big one. I forget. But it's getting bottled next week, so Ooh, I'm wow. sure it'll be... I don't know how he's releasing either because there's a good amount of it. So it's like yeah. boozy chocolate syrup with yeah. a shit ton of coconut. <laughs> and I mean that as a compliment. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's not cold or carbonated yet. You guys are kind of tasting it in its rawest form, but wow. Yeah, this just got done with the last research today, so it's crashed, and now we'll carve it on Monday and then package it next week. I'm, I'm trying to think what I'm what I'm tasting here because there's there's something very familiar. It, it's like German chocolate cake. Maybe that's what it is. It's it's very we said lot, very like heavy uh, like the yeah, coconut okay. oil. Um, what am I tasting? I want to say it's a candy. There's like a coconut candy that's like kind oh, like of boozy al- tasting, like liquid almond joy. Maybe or, yeah. Well, okay, almond yeah. joy definitely for sure. Oh, but boozy, so it's got to have like one of those. Uh... It's like Christmas time. They come in like little balls, and they have coconut and chocolate and booze inside. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? That's, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like those, those Lindor truffles or whatever? Something like that, That's, but with the yeah. with the alcohol in them. Nick loves Christmas. He'll know. I mean, I'm a big Christmas guy. I'm well, you, got a na- you got the name Nick. You have to like Christmas. There we go. <laughs> so I want to open this bottle, but I'm like the worst brewer of all time, and I don't have a bottle opener. Oh, I got you. Let's see. Oh, we have one in the back, too. You can't, you can't be called the beer dad 
without having multiple yeah. bottle openers. You got to be prepared. In fact, uh, let's see. We're gonna go Urban South HTX right there you here. Go. All right. All hold, right. Hold my mic. Got you. Should we get a little like, picture of that before you crack it? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is another unreleased beer. So this is for our membership. Uh, I just get excited. You know, I want to bring you guys all the new stuff. This is like a beer that we do members only, but it's a. Uh, it I can. It's cut, a pretty. Got the little claw. Pretty s- sick beer. Has a wax tip on it. Yeah. They're trying to open it. He's trying to work his way I can through it. It's clawing on it. Cut it. Too. I have a knife. Yeah, let me go get a knife. Get a knife to claw the wax off of it. I'll say, you can't be a brewer unless you have a knife in your pocket. There you go. I'm far more prepared with a knife than a bottle opener. <laughs> right? There we go. So we're gonna go straight into something. So we're else just kind of we're just going, we're just going. We have a lot of beer for you guys to try. So it's Friday. There we go. Wow, I'm excited for this one. So it's a good thing the hotel's right down the street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is our newest barrel age release. So this is triple vanilla Van Rip. So it is Old Van Rip Barrel Age Imperial Stout. Um, it was in barrels for, I think, exactly 12 months. So, like, just exactly right around a year. So this is uh, Van Winkle Barrels? Yeah, Old Van Rip Barrels, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I have a buddy of mine that will probably lose his mind. Um, so I think this is, like, for, for our members, uh, I think this is going to be, like, one of the cool stouts. Um I mean, our relationship with Horace and Kyle, I think that's like the biggest thing is uh, we love Kyle. We're really good friends with him. Yeah. And his ability to source insane barrels is obviously like he's the guy. So we teamed up with him a lot and uh, he helps us get some really cool barrels. And so these old Van, old Van Rip barrels were probably some of the cooler barrels we've gotten uh, through him. Yeah. So they're 10-year uh, old Rip Van Winkle barrels. So they're, that's you know, awesome. What it, you know. The, so, uh, the lowest Pappy Van Winkle barrel you can get, but I mean, still, when you get them, there, there's nothing like them. I mean, they come out nice and hot, and and still like tons of caramel, tons of uh, molasses, toffee, like all the things that you look for in like a classic bourbon, you know, profile. Like to me, that's what Old Rip Van Winkle is. Is it's like it's maybe the you know one of the best examples of just like perfect bourbon character. So like this beer was pretty easy to to you know want to only do a little bit of adjuncting as far as yeah. only you know one adjunct because it was just like it's so good as it is you know such a so good how, beer how do you uh just so everybody knows what do you get when you join like the the harlan uh subscription or good the, question yeah. so the harlan membership, yeah, membership um it's super limited just because honestly we're so busy and with space we only have a handful of barrels mm-hmm. um so i think this year we had 120 members yeah um and uh you get 10 bottles that are included with the membership uh, you get, I think, I believe it's 10% off. 15% off. 15% off. Discount in the tasting room. Discount in the tasting room. You get a cool, like, different merch every year. Like, last year we did a cool jacket. We did a glass. We did, uh, I forget what the other item was. This year it's a keychain, a shirt, and the option to buy a jacket. Um, but they're, like, really cool, and they're, like, uh, members only. Um, they have the Seekers logo on there. But then the main thing is just... You get 10 barrel-aged bottle releases, and they're all limited to only Seekers members. Well, and, That's awesome. And the last thing, oh. 
You get first access to any can we ever do. Oh, yeah. So that's that's okay. like a big thing is you don't have to wait in line. You know yep. you get to have whatever cans we do. And then uh, also included is a uh, ticket to Ube Day, which, you know, the, the oh, yeah. GA price this year was $90. So it's, you know, that's included in the in the membership is every member gets a, an entry to Ube Day. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's a deal. So 350 bucks, but you get 10 barrel-aged bottles, ticket to Ube Day, usually a shirt. And, or and or hat and then like a keychain or something else small or glass or something like that. Okay. So just depends on the year what what the merch item is for that year. So basically, you're saving money. You're yeah, no, thing, honestly, you know? it's almost a dumb idea yeah. not to do it. You I, know, right? The thing Put is, the is words that out of my mouth. Yeah, especially for the locals, that's almost a no-brainer. Yeah. Right. It's exactly. hard though because with the amount of barrels we have, we do have to limit it. So it's like every year it's a lottery. Yeah. So it's like you know. You're like, why aren't you guys in this? It's like, well, I was trying to be, but you didn't let me. It's it's really, it, and that is literally due just to the amount of barrels that we have, right? And it has to do with the amount of space we have for them. Yeah. Um, and it, and honestly, it's like it's it's super humbling that people want to be drinking what we're doing, and yeah, I mean, we had a lot of entries into it last year, and we, and we really wish we could do more because it's just it, it it's it's amazing that people like the beer this much and you know like what we're doing. So we want to be able to give it to everybody, but it, yeah, like Brian said, I mean. We just we're limited on how many barrels we have, and oh trying God, to fit a stout good. brew for barrels in like is tough. I mean, the, the schedule is packed with Japanese lager all the time, so it's hard yeah. to hard to get a stout brew in. <laughs> what, what do you think? <laughs> Stupid. I uh, know, man. You know, for me, it's like so uh, it's like the, that caramel uh, coconut Girl Scout cookie. I'm blanking on the name. Samoa. Oh, Samoa. Samoa. Yeah. yeah. Or, There's no coconut either. Uh, it's, you know what? And then the other thing is that the vanilla that we use is the Republic of the Congo vanilla. Um, try to choose my favorite vanilla of the year. We have a really cool, awesome vanilla supplier, and we get a lot of options for yeah. origins for the vanilla. And this one, this year, was probably my favorite because it just reminds me of, like, sugar cookie batter. Like, um, some of the vanillas yeah. kind of get fruity and a little tropical almost. Right. Some of them get very baker's, like, just vanilla extracty. Some yeah. of them get cookie. So this one, to me, we did actually, the, one of the collabs we did this year was almonds, and vanilla, and it was with Horace, and it tasted like a freaking almond cookie. It was so good. Wow. And so that was, we decided to go with the Republic of the Congo vanilla for yeah. this, too, and did the triple amount. I think it's three pounds for, like, a barrel of, of uh, barrel-aged stout. So wow. it's more vanilla than we put in a beer, and it just came across as, like, this caramelized sugar cookie. It's very good. My So my I like to compare things here, and my comparison to this is... Uh, one of my favorite things. <laughs> I know it sounds cheesy, but you guys ever had the magic shell that you put on top of the ice cream? I love oh yeah, magic shell. vanilla bean ice cream from um, Tillamook. Oh with yeah, the magic shell on top. That's what I'm getting here. That's like that legit vanilla where you can see like the vanilla yes. bean speckles in, yes. the, in the in the vanilla ice yes. cream. Yes, and it's very very. If, you, if you're not a vanilla fan, don't do it because it's super strong vanilla flavor, yeah. and I love it. And then that that chocolate shell kind of balances it out, and I think yep. that this right here you get. You, chocolate and, and a lot of vanilla. It's really, really good. If you like vanilla, this what what are we calling it? Triple vanilla, triple vanilla Van Rip. I love it. Yeah. Great job on that. How, and how long did it sit in the barrel? That was twelve months. Twelve months. And okay. we used them a couple different ways. We have a, a couple things bar uh, double barreling in. Uh, so like we did one. It's actually funny. Uh, we have another beer that we did, and it was basically like I just feel like a lot of the guys that are in a pastry shops are like it's good, but it could be yeah. thicker. And we were like, I mean, it could be, but do you want it like that? Right. And then we kind of brewed a beer just to see how thick we can make a beer, and it's ridiculously thick. So it's, it's kind of cool. So there's a there's a it's like a it started as like a homebrew guy and yeah. his sort of club here in San Diego, um, 
conscious ales. Uh huh. So he, it's it, their first membership had like seven people. So it's super small, but and they they're just like homebrewers who are beer fans, and we met them and we did a beer with them. And 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 the first time we did it before we put it in the barrel, it was literally like the thickest beer of all time. To where we sent it over to get alkalized over at Juneshine, our friends down the street. Yeah. And she's like, I I, I ran it through the centrifuge three times. It's too thick to read on the machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She couldn't even alkalize. You're gonna have to like distill this to figure out how much alcohol. Wow, that's a thick beer. Yeah, and uh, it was kind of like it was literally just a joke. Like yeah. literally, we brewed it to be a joke. So it has every type of sugar. It has like, I mean, you name it. It's got honey. It's got maple sugar. It's got uh, double mash. Double mash. No sparge. Ten hour boil. Maple sugar. Honey. Balto. Wow. Dextrose. I mean, you name a sugar. It's probably been thrown in there to the point that. Uh, I was actually telling Wes from uh, Bottle Logic, and you know how they are with their stouts. They're mm-hmm. very serious. Oh, yeah. And he, I'm, tell, I'm showing him around. We're doing a collab, and I'm telling him about the beer, and he goes, I don't believe you. And I, <laughs> and I go, you want to? And, 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 oh, I think I told him, like, the estimated starting gravity of this beer. And he goes, no, you're, you're lying to me. And I go, well, do you want to try it? And he yeah. goes, absolutely, I want to try it. And uh, and so I uh, take a sample out of the barrel. So it's, it's even thinned out now because it got... You know, a little thinner in the barrel from the booze right. and everything. And it was a George T. Sag barrel, so I mean, I'm, I'm a bourbon guy more so than a beer guy these days. And yeah. you know, George T. Sag starts at like 135 proof minimum. I mean, that that thing is you know so hot, and so it thins it out hard. Yeah. If anything's gonna thin out, thick. it's that barrel's gonna thin out your stout. And I pour it to him. I pour it for him, and he takes a sip, and he goes, "I hate you." And he goes, "How do we do this?" I hate you. Oh. <laughs> It's uh, quite the compliment. That's from a compliment from Bada Logic for sure. Yeah. yeah. But then, so then we brewed one with him. So then, uh, so then he's like, "All right, well, our collab on our end, we're making one of these." And I said, "I'm in." And so, yeah, we're we're. Uh, that's awesome. We brewed it maybe a month ago, a yeah. little over a we, month ago. We have a great relationship with those guys. Um, yeah. Lindsay over there, who she does, uh, you know, I don't we know uh, what we just is. did a podcast with her four episodes ago. Okay, so for that, but. So Lindsay, yeah, yeah. Lived, Lindsay's amazing. She lived one street down from me. She's two oh, years wow. older than me. We were both in the marching band together. We were both in the choir together in high school. Yeah. She would drive me to choir to like all of our Christmas gigs every year. Awesome. So like, I her and I have been super close since we were in high school. And That's then dope. like, we went to her wedding and and uh, we've kept in touch barely throughout the years. Yeah. And then like, I was like, oh, she's I was working at Pizza Board at the time when when she started working at Bottle Logic. Yeah. And I was like, oh, great, this is. Oh, oh, something happened. Padres Home run, Padres. Oh, there we go, Bell. Yeah. There we go, Bell. we got to throw that in there for the podcast. The San Diego Padres just went ahead 2-0 in the first inning. Josh Bell hit a two-run home run against the New York Mets in game one of the wild card series. Let's go. That's a good start right there. Hell, yeah, it is. I feel like we got to win this game. That'll kind of just put us on the trajectory. Thank you, Scherzer. Yeah, you should have been a Padre, but I'm glad you're not now because I'll take that home run. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Sometimes we mix a little sports in here. Uh, I am obviously growing up in San Diego, so I'm a huge Padre fan. So yeah. I uh, yeah, we wouldn't have had you guys in if you were a Dodgers fan. Oh, so. that yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to worry about that with me. It's I, everyone always jokes like, and I have a lot of uh, being up in the IE. I have a lot of friends that are Dodger fans oh, I'm now. Sure, yeah, but um, it, it's one of those things where I always tell them, yeah, when you're born in San Diego, like the, your parents literally tell you, listen, you, you're gonna yeah, you're gonna. There's two things you need to know. One you're going to hate the Dodgers the rest of your life. 
That's a given. And also, San Diego burritos are ten times better than L.A. burritos. Yep. That's that's one of the one of the givens. I mean, if you want rice and beans in your burrito, you go to L.A. If you want all meat, you come to San Diego. That's that's kind of how it works. Man, I, I just grew up with rice and beans. So I, <laughs> I have an appreciation for both. But, you know, I don't yeah. mind rice and beans. I just we, don't want them hey, in my burrito. We don't have a lot, but we're proud of the Padres and our Mexican team. Right, that's oh, all we got down here. The so best. Yeah, you, should ask Nick, you should ask Nick why he's a Raiders fan now. Uh oh. I mean, the I, Chargers I, moved. There's only one thing in San Diego that we hate more than a team leaving, and it's the city of Los Angeles. So <laughs> you move to LA, that's it. You're dead to me. So you're dead, and I'm gonna go cheer on the arch nemesis instead. So, I mean, that's it. Now so, I'm a Raider fan. So for me, it was one of those things where I had a, a soul searching when they moved. I had to. Well, what am I going to do? I grew up in San Diego. I was literally brought home, like, in the little bassinet they brought me home, Padres and Chargers. <laughs> so I had no choice. And so I've been a fan my whole life. And so when they moved, I'm like, okay, well, I, I moved out of San Diego in 2001, moved up to the Riverside County area. And it didn't sting as bad. And I was like, why is everyone so upset? Like, it sucks, but I'm like... It, it, it doesn't suck as bad for me because I'm not in San Diego anymore. So then yeah. I'm like, so what do I do? I got 30-plus years of rooting for the Chargers. I'm just going to give it up because they left San Diego. So I'm like, it's so hard for me to say Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. So I, I don't do that, I, but I still root for the Chargers. They're still my team. There's no way I could root for the Raiders. I, mean, I just couldn't do it. If you live I up feel there, dirty. I accept it. I accept it. Yeah. I mean, you, I asked him, I go, so do you go to the bars and, like, cheer on with the other Raiders fans? He goes, absolutely not. No, I don't do that. I mean, I'm, I'm not, not know, a savage. No, yeah. Yeah, you would need a shower after that for sure. No, I'm, no offense to the Raider fans. But, yeah, no, we'll mix a little sports. Go Padres. That was awesome. Good job. Josh Bell coming through clutch in the playoffs. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah, actually, that Mets uh, downfall. They've been – they just they were in the lead by, like, ten and a half. You know what, really – what I really – Turning this into baseball talk. I know. But the the commentators, every single one of them today, all day long, have picked the Mets. Not one person has picked the Padres yeah. to win this series. So. Tell them to cram it. Don't mess with the underdogs, people. That's right. Especially the Los Dyers. <laughs> when we see them in the NLDS, it's going to be sweet revenge. Oh, I cannot wait. Yes. So, well, we'll get back to the beer now because you <laughs> just poured yep. another beer. So yep. this is, yeah, I mean, the kind of last one we wanted to go through was just, uh, it's our single hop Nelson beer. So, I mean, it's. You know, Nelson has always held a special place for us, and yes. I mean, as it does for most. But I think one of our favorite, you know, anecdotal evidence about why this beer is good is Pat McElhinney of, of you know Alpine fame. Yes, grumpy man. I, great, <laughs> great, very nice man who hates everything. I mean, he's he's been around for a long time, and he hates almost everything there is. Right. And he came in here, and he drank this beer, and he said, "This is the closest thing to my Nelson I've had." Yeah, and we were like, "That's it. we peaked. Thank That's you. it. That's the end. Made it. Curtain yeah. call. That's we're all doing you it. need. You know." And so this is. We're, and he we're drove all the way down from Alpine just because he had heard other people telling him he needed to come down. Yeah, try the it. Nelson. So we're we're very proud of this beer. I mean, it's it's honestly it's just a Nelson single hop West Coast. A um, little bit firmer bitters than what you had in the Cryo Eyes because it's you know treated more like a true West Coast IPA, but still nothing near what you would find in a you know a West Coast IPA from five years ago. God man. There's something uh, that I can say about your IPAs and not to blow smoke, but for the people, and I was one of them, and this is years ago until I really started getting crazy into craft beer, but when you have somebody that says, I hate IPAs, if they have not tried a Harland IPA, like they they have to because I think one of the the things that people think about IPAs is just how bitter they are. And, and, you know, I said it earlier, like you're licking tree bark. 
And that's kind of how they were. I mean, it was like, you know, when IPAs first became huge here, especially in San Diego, it was like the battle of who can make the most bitter, horrible tasting beer. But the beer nerds were like, I love it. Yeah. Right. I mean, and Stone, Stone just set the precedent. Yeah. That, Stone you know? set it up. And but here at, at, at Harlan, like your beers are so clean and obviously testament to how clean your brewery is um, and how clean tasting uh, your beers are. But this beer has no aftertaste, no bitterness. It's just all flavor. It's I mean, awesome. That, yeah, and, and, and I hear you because, you know, I grew up here too. So, like, you know, when, when I first was getting into craft beer, it would be like, I got to get a case of Stone Pale Ale from Costco because it was, whatever, 22 bucks for yeah. 24 beers. Yeah. And then, you know, and then it would be like, okay, go to whatever local liquor store and pick whatever new Stone Bomber there was. You right. know what I mean? Like, okay, let me, let me see what this is about. And you know that that definitely taught me a lot about what what I now know as IPA, and I mean yeah. that was you know won't trade that time for anything. But to your point, I mean you know people often associate hoppy quote unquote with with bitter, and and more than anything, like we want to we just want to make beers that are hop forward and yeah. taste like hops, but aren't incredibly bitter. So this is another one that's it's jumping out of the glass with hop character, but isn't super bitter. Right. I was going to say something that's really changed in the industry that I've noticed. You know, going going back, you know, maybe a decade or, or so before, it was like hops were there to make things bitter. Whereas now you come in and brewers like yourself, brewers you know, like Josh, my old my old co-host who taught me how to brew, um, innovative uh, as far as like, man, I could literally take a certain hop and and create flavor profiles from this hop. And and I think a lot of the breweries are going that route rather than like let's just bitter the crap out of this beer, yeah. but let's let's simulate. You know what? I want summertime's coming up. I want something really tropical and this yeah. and that. So maybe you know Vic Secret because you get the pineapple flavor or something like that. You yeah. know, um, and it's just it's really cool to see in the brewery industry. And now you know obviously flash forward to now. I, I love IPAs and I didn't before and yeah. because I didn't give it a chance and I didn't try all the different. Yeah. Yeah. styles and it was like I, yeah. I, I did one and done with stone and no no knock on stone because they're the pioneers in, in the industry and they've done obviously beers that i love um but yeah you guys everything you do here ipa wise um probably one of my at least top two west coast style ipas any of them yeah i mean i know uh i think the biggest thing is just especially with with brewers like you know i don't want to take all the credit because i think kelsey at north park we get yeah. along really well because i feel like He's kind of on the same page, and I think the main thing too is these days is the the hop, the the companies, the brokers, the growers, the farmers, everything. Yeah, they're so innovative on that front. So right. like the different products that we have access to now that are like crazy new innovative products. Yeah, are insane. And so I think just you know when you find a brewer like Kelsey uh, at North Park or like myself and Nick, like I feel like just always trying to be at the forefront of like what these new products are and how yeah. to how to utilize them properly in a beer allows you to have these beer that beers that are insanely aromatic without that astringent bitterness that you would find in like yeah. old school west coast ipas because before you know you get a little bit of that vegetalness because you had to dry up them so hard yeah. and now with things like cryo incognito i mean freestyle just sent us phantasm. some phantasm i mean these like gmo thialized yeast strains and it's just like honestly realistically if you do your research and you know how to make clean beer yeah your beer is going to be good, yeah. and and that's all thanks to the hop growers and the innovation that they've been doing, and 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 the care that they're giving their hops. And like our New Zealand, we sit pretty heavy with New Zealand hops because like freestyle, which is like pretty new to the game, yeah. killing it, dude. Like there's been Nelson's been around for a hot minute, but like their Nelson is like 
by far and none the best Nelson, and that's who we buy our Nelson from. It's one of the it's one of the dopest things about being a new brewery, honestly, is that like we got to forge these relationships ourselves, yeah. and like what we've been able to do with these products, and you know, we've gotten experimental stuff. Like Freestyle just sent us two jugs of their new Hopkeef extract. That's like this, you know, their new process to you know exploring how we can do the same thing that Cryo is doing, and all these things. And it's like we we're getting to to be involved on that stuff and that's like something that I think that I took for granted before and now it's like yeah. it, it's so special to be able to do that that like I don't know man it, it, it's it makes me excited to make IPAs which is like I mean that's what I drink more than anything right but I'm not always pumped up to make them yeah I, it, it's it's uh, it's work yeah. <laughs> right it's yeah like different processes you know depending on what type of hops you're doing and double triple dry hopping wet hopping whatever you're doing like yeah. it's 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 work, but uh, definitely you can tell here, Harlan. You guys put a lot of, a lot of work into your beers, and um, I, I mean, I'm sure you guys probably have made a bad beer, but you'd never put it out because I haven't had one yet. So, so far, so far, you're doing pretty good. We've been lucky too. I think you know, at the end of the day, you know, Nick and I and a lot of the staff in the back have been been into the industry for yeah. a long time, yeah. and uh, we got lucky enough to learn not what to do with other people's money and with at other people. So, right. I mean, yeah, and you know, with that, we'd be remiss without saying shout out to Kim Brisson Lutz, yep. brewmaster at Maui Brewing Co. I mean, she taught us; she was she was our boss at St. Archer, and she taught us so much about making beer well and right. setting standards. And like, it's kind of funny because now, like, so often we reference it to our team, like what she taught us, and like, yeah. I mean, we you know we've been able to do a lot because of what the you know the, the instruction we were given and yeah. and what she set us up to be able to do. So. I do want to want to yep. thank her, for that. and not even just in a creative like recipe development kind of way, but even yeah. just like running a facility this size. So like you know, right now we're brewing you know ninety barrel batches, sixty barrel batches, and uh, you know I feel like it's a little bit easier or not easier, but you can baby a you know a thirty barrel batch or whatever. But when you're like production brewing at the rate that we're producing beer, in right. emptying, filling, emptying, filling, there's no time. There's no, no time, time to baby. There's not much. There's not much time to either baby or even that better, beer better turn in less than twenty days, or we're in trouble. Yeah. You, you guys have three locations throughout the area, right? Uh, this is four. We, four, yeah, four. We I'm just sorry. opened our fourth. Yeah. Oh, congratulations! So, yeah, that's that's a, awesome. Good. You brought that up because I was going to have them. We talked about all the beers, but talking about the company yeah. and growth, how you guys have grown over the years. Uh, so four locations. I know of this one, obviously, the mothership, and then you have Carmel Valley, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, that's our Wampaseo. And then we have uh, Bay Park. Bay Park. So right over there, uh, right off Morena. Uh, okay. Cross Street from Mission Bay. Yeah, so it's like a, it's it's small. our smallest taste room. It only has 14 taps. We took over an existing taste room, but it's yeah. it's a vibe down there, and it's a lot of fun, especially My favorite. warm year. My favorite. Whereabouts in Mission Bay is it at? So do you know where, uh, like, uh, the high dive is? Or, uh, yeah, on, high on dive? The, on the east on side Morena. of the five. Yes. So the high dive is right there. We're like two blocks north of that okay. on Moraine. So, all right. I mean, it's it's right down there. There's like Luce's across the street, Cecil's Old Fashioned Market, if uh, you know where that is. is it like Lucha Libre Taco Shop? No, Luce is no. like Luce's. another, okay. another okay. restaurant. Bay Park Fish Company. Those are all the kinds Bay of Park Fish about. Company. Okay, now that we're, we're like right, right there, like across the street. Okay, all right. Uh, and then we just opened South Park. So we opened a restaurant in South Park. Nice. Uh, it's on the corner of Beach and Fur, I think. Date. Beach. Date. Beach. Beach and Date. Date. Okay. And it's uh, it's a no Dale. I always miss that. Dale. It's actually Beach and Dale. Damn, I missed that. <laughs> and Beach is it looks like Dale C H. But it's uh, yeah. So it's right in South Park. I mean, we're right down the street from uh, Buena Forqueta and Kindred yeah. and 
around the corner from the old Hamiltons, um, South Park Brewing, all that. Yeah, so it's nice. a it's a restaurant. So we're we're still in process on our license. Yeah. So we're open for food and for coffee. So we're open at seven a.m. to like three or four p.m. every day. What type of food are you guys serving in there? Uh, it, I mean, it's it's kind of the the base menu is is breakfast and uh, and then also kind of gastro pubby type food. But okay. uh, the chef that we hired, she's super creative super dope she's uh filipino and and mm. it's starting to incorporate some of those flavors so we have some babaca pancakes oh, that are special and i mean it's any lupia we're gonna bring lupia in there we i'm sure she I will mean, you it's, have it's, to it's on the on i have the we have many requests that will be slowly be rotating as yeah. specials because yeah. I, I was like can you make this can you make yeah. this she's like i mean i could make it so i'm like well we're wow. trying to we're trying to be respectful to the neighborhood and yeah. do what was done before and then also slowly put in <laughs> what we can so We'll get there, and, and you know we kind of, you know, since we've been open, it's been a it's been a learning process. It's only been like two weeks, right. so you know we're hoping to get the the license any day now from the ABC. But it's awesome because you know for those who don't know, it, you you can't uh, serve guest beer in California unless you have a restaurant, right. a bona fide eating establishment. Yes. So we're you know we have we have a lot of friends that we want to feature beers from. So we we're you know we have cool some beers house. from that'll be cool. Boss Rambler, Vitamin C, uh, Humble C, Eighth State, Dream State, Moxa. We have beers queued up to go. As soon as that that license comes through, yeah. we're going to be tapping some super fun stuff from all stuff that friends. people that uh, here in San Diego probably can't normally get their hands on. That'll exactly. be awesome. Yeah. That's what we're aiming for. We want to do some beer dinners That's with cool. some friends. We want to. I have some. Uh, we've been making our own maple bourbon barrels, so I have like barrel aged maple syrup that I'm ready to give for to the pancakes. kitchen and let them nice. kind of go yeah. ham with and. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. So, wow. That's really cool. So, uh, I mean, short time. Uh, you guys opened in 20... 2019. 19, so, yeah. And four locations. At the, I mean, the success is just yeah, crazy. That's, that's incredible. It's been nuts, man. It's like we you know, we opened in June of 2019. COVID hit in what? February March, of 2020? February, March. Right like after, yeah. A couple months. I mean, honestly. Like I remember literally months. when it happened, we were like... Uh, now what? <laughs> what are we going to do? And that's honestly, honestly, it's kind of funny, but like our business plan was totally different. We were in six pack, 12 ounce cans yeah. pre-COVID. COVID hits. We're like, what are we going to do? And it just, we had a shift and that goes back into like the ability to be agile. And, and these that like, we had, we owned our right. own canning line. Um, but pretty much distribution was almost shut down because where were we distributing yeah. to other than liquor stores, liquor stores are crushing. But we decided to go hard on the specialty can releases. So we were doing a can release a week for, I think, the first year probably of the pandemic. We had, during the pandemic, we took every idea that we had for the whole year and we were like, yeah. all right, better start just doing them. So yeah. we crammed them all into, you know, yeah, six months, eight months, something like that. It was wild too because me and Nick literally had the conversation. We were like, dude, we're running out of ideas. What are we going to do? And right. he's like, I don't know. And then they just kept coming somehow. I don't even know. No, no, we figured it out. It's like you black out and then you're just like, oh my God, what year is it? You know, and then. <laughs> Because we didn't get any, we call I call it the COVIDcation, but like we were working the whole time. Yeah, like yeah, I never, you know, it was like all hands on deck here yeah. as far as like, you know, we had to furlough a lot of people because we couldn't have the full staff, but uh, oh, the, the production team. side was like, dude. But then even yeah. that, like we brought the sales team back from being furloughed after like three weeks and we yeah. brought our lead brewer back after like two weeks. We're yeah. like, well, we thought it'd be slow. It's not. It's Let's not go. slow. We're busy. And so... Uh, yeah, it was wild. And just living through that, it's literally, it was just kind of like a, I don't know, we blacked out and woke up in 2022. That's uh, we. It's funny you say that. Uh, we were just uh, at Oktoberfest and did a podcast with um, Kings Brewing. And prior to the podcast, we were sitting down with Jeremiah and he was telling us about uh, his success through the pandemic and very similar. Like, you know, they were 
thinking like, oh shit, here it is. What are we gonna do? And then oh, they killed it. it. I remember nuts. hearing, yeah, yeah, the lines I, that they I, had for their I mean, releases. I, I mean, I think I even told Jeremiah this, but like, I live in Escondido, so I live like yeah. it's still two hours away from Rancho Cucamonga, or like an hour and a half. Right. But I remember like one day it was the pandemic, and they dropped some cans. And I'm like, I don't know, what else am I doing? I might as well drive up there. Go so up I just drove, yeah. So I drove up there and I got some cans. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, and that line would just like wrap down the street, and it's like crazy. It's like okay, it's COVID. No one's six feet apart. They're all standing in the yeah, line yeah, for their yeah. frosés. Like, yeah, yeah, it's insane. Gotta get it. Like, gotta get it. But uh, it, it really is a testament to the, the to the breweries that were successful during the pandemic. Um, you know, you had to be, uh, you had you had to adapt. You had to. You, you couldn't. You couldn't say this is my business plan and this is what I'm sticking nope. to. Because if you did, you, you weren't successful. And, and you guys did a good job. Jeremiah yeah. did a good job. Um, you know, adjusting that business plan to fit the pandemic. Yep. And then, you know, like he said, and same for you guys, it, it made them grow. Yep. And then he's like, oh, man, now we're way busier than I mean, we, we thought we would be. It's one of those things where it's, you know, it's it's unfortunate to say or sad to say because the pandemic right. was not an ideal situation by any means. And a yep. lot of businesses are dead forever. And that's horrible. And yeah. But, you know, the people, I think some people were able to rally their way through. And honestly, it, it as far as brand awareness goes, I think that it helped us. Yeah. I wanted um, to ask you guys about the coffee component of the business. Like, obviously, a lot of breweries are starting to bring that coffee side in, whether it's like incorporating the beans into the coffee and not having to like outsource or buy beans. Do you guys roast your own coffee? Like, what does that kind of side of the business look like? No, I mean, we, we have a we have pretty strong relationships uh, around town. So, Mostra is uh, who does all of our coffee for oh, yeah. beers. I mean, Mike and I have been friends for, I don't know, 10 years now, something like that. And, you know, we got. After I got married, he, you know, I went over and he cooked dinner for us at his house and stuff. So I've, awesome. I've been, I've been a good friend with him forever. So I mean, every time yeah. we try to do coffee with the beers, we try to do it. Uh, we we always use Monstro, and it's just, mm. you know, I mean, he, he's a chef first, and and then a bourbon guy, and then yeah. a beer guy. So it's like he he's he and I are very similar in what we try to do. So I mean, what we do anytime we do a coffee beer, we use we use Monstro. It's okay. awesome. Um, for the restaurant. Um, we distribute Dark Horse. So Dark Horse is one of our, our partners for distribution. So I love Dark Horse. And Dark Horse is a lot of fun too. But And so we sell their coffee at the, at the restaurant. So okay, that, cool. that's who does our coffee for that. And Awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're kind of local to that neighborhood too. So it, it works uh, for what we're trying to do down there. But yeah, but yeah those are kind of our two partners for coffee. Cool. Awesome. Um, so normally do it at the towards the beginning of the show, but um, like to for the listeners to get to know uh, yourself and Ryan, and we'll start with you, Nick. Um, let's let's hear the the story of uh, Nick Marone here. All right. So, obviously, um, you know you're employee number one here at Harlan Brewing Company, but yeah. you you have a I'm sure you have a beginning somewhere. So, what got you into the brewing industry and kind of talk your way through it and where you're at now? Yep. So I I went to state as a music major. So okay. I'm a, a San Diego kid. Um, yeah. I, yeah, so I was a all music was my plan throughout high school. Uh, I was going to be a teacher. That was my, my whole plan. Yeah, uh, I got a summer job at Pete's Port in San Clemente, my hometown. Yeah, South Orange County, technically. But uh, yeah, so I, I started making dough there. Uh, that was my first job, and like stocking, which is like you cut the cheese for the next day and you <laughs> prep the pepperonis into the buckets that you're going to use, and you do stuff like that. It's kind of goofy, but that's the job, right? Uh, so I did that, and then I realized that like the money was on the beer side, right? And so. Turned 21 and I started bartending there. Yeah. Um, I had to go through the, through the brewing process. They, they make all the bartenders go through it, so that's kind yeah. of part of what you had to do. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of just started to like beer. Uh, the brewer that I was working with at the time, Ryan Fields, he's up in uh, Atascadero now, Wild Fields. He's 
a very one of the most intellectual brewers I've ever worked with, and and one of the smartest guys I've ever met. Uh, he's a guy with like a physics degree from UCSD. Who's a brewer, oh, wow. also a musician. So he he and, he and I understood each other pretty well, and he kind of helped me understand how that related, uh, you know, the creative side and the technical side to beer. And, and right. so I did that. I was the first assistant brewer at Pete's Port in San Clemente. Awesome. They made that position for me, and then uh, I was there for like a year. Uh, and then I was, you know, I was following a bunch of skaters on Instagram, yeah. uh, and I saw that Paul Rodriguez posted that he was building the brewery, and I was like, I don't know what this is about, but okay. So I looked into <laughs> it and uh, sent an email and said, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a bartender and an assistant brewer. I don't, I don't know what you're doing, but I'd be interested in being part of it. Yeah. Didn't hear anything for like five months, and then I got an, an email like, at, you know, five months later, and it was like, we're having our grand opening party. Do you want to bartend it? And I was like, uh, sure. And then like, also, do you have any friends? And my girlfriend at the time who is my wife now, worked with me at Pete's Sport, also yeah. a music major at SDSU. We did all the same things. I was like, you want to bartend this thing with me? And she's like, yeah, let's do it. So we, we did that. Uh, got hired at St. Archer. Uh, I was I was number six or seven employee there. Yeah. So I was there from the beginning. Uh, I left after six years. Uh, she left after three and a half years. Ryan left after four years, like three, three years. years. Three years, I think. Yeah. Something like that. So that's when we met was at, at St. Archer. Okay. The, the, the secret that nobody knows is that uh, I already knew I was going to be leaving to do this uh, maybe a year and a half before I left. Yeah. And before Ryan left to go work at Pure, I had told him, hey, we're going to go do this thing. You know, I'm, you're no, coming said, with me. We're doing it. He said, no, 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 He said, if I started my own brewery, would you come with me? And I go, absolutely. Let's go. <laughs> and then, but that was like, I mean, what? Two years probably before Harlan even opened? Like before we yeah, actually brewed? Yeah, a year brewed, and a half. Something like it was that. probably yeah. a year and a half. And then I ended up leaving... Because, you know, he said that, but then I was like, I don't know when this is happening. Or he was vague because he couldn't say too much about right. it. Uh, and uh, and then I ended up leaving uh, St. Archer for Pure Project. Yeah. Uh, and I uh, I think they were like maybe a year old, but I, that was kind of when I had worked at Green Flash prior and then St. Archer. So the yeah. idea of working at a smaller brewery that had all this hype and was making crazy, cool, fun beers yeah. was appealing. And so, yeah, went over there and uh, had fun and learned a bunch and hung out with Winslow and Jensen. And and then, uh, yeah, about a, year, a little after a year there, I got the call that, hey, we're ready at Harlan. And, you know, I was just a shipper at, at Pure Project. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I can't pass up a head brewing opportunity. No. Yeah, and, and Ryan and I were close before that. I mean, I had worked to get him to be the, the R&D brewer over there so at St. Archer. So we had we'd installed a little system, and I was like, this is the guy to do it. You know, he's going to run it. Yeah. And, and he and I balance each other that way. Like, I've always been the... You know, the operational-minded guy, the guy who understands the distribution side and running the big, you know, the yeah. sales component. And But I'm not the creative, you know what I mean? Like, right. of, of the, you know, making these numbers up, but of the 200 recipes we've done over the years, I don't know, five are mine here at Harlan <laughs> and the rest are Ryan's, you know what I mean? Like, that's not that's not who I am. And and it, it was a good, it was obviously a good choice to choose Ryan. And and what we've done together is, is been pretty special because of that, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're, we're very different people who we're very both pumped on what we do here you know right. and we were yeah. able to do it together so yeah that's awesome that's important to a partnership right you got to have that balance and that yin and yang and it's yeah, i mean it's funny awesome. it's like you i feel like people think you need like the exact like who you are to get along with to be a partner <laughs> and it's like i feel like we're literally polar opposites but yeah. everything we do and like it was works you know everything he's good at i'm bad at everything i'm good at he's bad sometimes that, that works and that makes the partnership you guys uh yeah two halves make a whole but right? then just growing right. i mean you know, like for me like this is my first time being a head brewer so this is my first time being a manager so yeah. i've never had to manage people right you know i'm a brewer i don't want to manage anyone <laughs> so i think you know 
I'm still like to this day, it's, you know, I've learned a lot about just being a manager and being a leader right. and not just being a brewer. Cause in my mind, I just want to hide in my corner and make my beer and everyone leave me alone. <laughs> so. A lot of brewers are, are exactly. the same way, yeah. but, like, uh, but you're doing a good job here. Well, thank you. We appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. We appreciate We're stoked. You know, yeah. It's uh, I think it, this is fun. Like doing this kind of thing is fun because it's like, you know, we're stoked on it, and like a lot of times there's some there's some doubt. You know, what I mean, it's like I don't know, do people like what we're doing? I hope so, but like yeah. it's fun when we get to have people in and, and be like, you know, we're stoked. So in the world of beer, stoked. I just feel like it's hard not to be like doubtful of yourself. You know, right. there's so many brewers killing it, and I don't know. In my opinion, a good brewer never thinks their own beer is like the best beer yeah. so it's like you know I taste these beers I go oh my beer is trash yeah. you know and so it's like it's cool to hear people get excited about it because I'm like you know I taste some of these other breweries I'm like so good yeah. and you gotta step it up you know it's I, literally one of my favorite things is that Ryan will come in and, and rarely is it am I the barometer for what's tasting good but he'll yeah. come in after he's doing treatments on something and be like I, I don't know. I've tasted this thing like 11 times in the past hour. Does it need more of this? And I I'll can't be like, holy taste. hell, man. No, this tastes great. Like, you're good. Like, you can call it on this. You know, it's a, it's a theory of mine that uh, I always tell this to the wife uh, when it comes to, like, dinners and stuff like that. Things always taste better when somebody else makes it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It, it, it's a, it's right. a real thing. Like, I could make a ham sandwich and, and be like, this is terrible. She yeah. could use the same exact ingredients, yeah. and it tastes amazing. I mean, it makes I sense. How, I don't know how that goes, but she thinks it's just me trying to be, like, you know, chauvinistic man. Like, yeah. go make a sandwich. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's like a real thing. Like, it really does taste better if somebody – it doesn't have to be a woman. It could just be anybody. Just someone else makes it. It tastes better. 100%. And yeah. that's, it's, that's been, like, some of the fun that we've been able to have, you know, is, like, bouncing things off each other. And, you know, I think we're – we're doing all right. Yeah, I mean, I got one, like, one of Nick's recipes, which this is a good one, just because I feel like, in my head when he told me, I was like, that sounds absolutely disgusting. And then yeah. it's amazing, and it worked out, and it's honestly one of our, like, favorite seasonal beers is uh, pumpkin spice fluff. So he's like, all right, how about a sour beer with pumpkin spice and marshmallow? I'm like, that sounds disgusting. And I, I was like, I tell you right now, it'll basic people, basic girls will yes. love this shit. Do it. No, it'll be great. It. I love it. I'm Do a you basic love it? girl. Dude. I would try it. I mean, literally, I'm, when PSL season comes out at Starbucks, I'm like, oh, it's PSL season. And yeah. I go and I get one. So I'm, I'm that basic girl. So I'm like, let's go. And Ryan was like, no, this is stupid. That's, it's not going to uh, work. That's my wife, and I, for some reason, I just don't like pumpkin. Uh, I can't do well, it in beer. So, I can't do it in So there's anything. no actual pumpkin. I think that's the key to this beer. Oh, there's no uh, actual just, uh, pumpkin. pumpkin it's the spice pumpkin flavor. spices. Yep. So okay. it's like cinnamon, nutmeg, uh, allspice, all clove, and then and ginger. clove, ginger, and then uh, a bunch of marshmallow and a sour beer, and it just works. And it, yeah. And now know. we sell it at Disneyland, and they make micheladas out of it, which is wacky, <laughs> but we let them do it. <laughs> We saw a guy, someone on Untap the other day. I don't know if you guys, do you guys follow like Disney stuff at all? But like, I do. Dis- okay, so Disney freaks family. Okay, okay yeah. so the ghost uh, pepper uh, michelada. I don't know if you saw that, but they 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 just like launched this ghost pepper michelada. Hollywood Lounge. That's where you can Hollywood get it. Lounge Hollywood. at DCA. Yeah. And you could choose whatever beer you want, and some savage put in pumpkin spice fluff and this goes insane. Pe- and he gave it a five on Untap. And I'm like, I think he's just messing with it. We're like, this sounds. Insane. I would puke if I drank that. And so he's like, this is great. That's a, too much. So a sour <laughs> ale with pumpkin spice and marshmallow, then mixed with michelada mix oh and ghost pepper oh, damn, chilies. What, what ride did he go on after that? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I would be, yeah, I'd be really curious Ooh. to see how he did after drinking that. So uh, one of our bartenders was there yesterday and we sent him to the bar and we're like, you need to get one of these and get it with pumpkin spice so we can just, yeah. it, like, 
It could be one of those things that sounds so wrong, but then you drink it and you're like, it somehow works, yeah, you know? It could be, it could be, man. It doesn't work. I That's hope he hit the Guardians of the Galaxy after that and was riding. Oh, that would be brutal. <laughs> that would be brutal. Absolutely brutal. Oh, man. You would definitely throw up. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I, so I just saw a guy uh, walk by here with a flight and it looked like a rainbow. Oh, yeah. There's something green. Bright yeah. color. What's, what's the bright green beer that I'm looking at over here? Oh, be a uh, seltzer, maybe. that's our uh, Cosmic Blossom. So it's a collab with Persuay, who's a popular and uh, like a famous graffiti artist. And we uh-huh. did a collaborative artist series with him. Okay. We did a couple of merch items and uh, we did two beers with him as well, uh, where he designed the label. Yeah. Um, so this one was Cosmic Blossom. So um, it's a lager, but then we actually uh, dosed it with some butterfly pea flower. And then the acid from the beer turns it green. So it was blue butterfly pea flower. And it turns it green. It yeah. turned green. Yeah. So if you dose it with water, it's blue. But yeah. once the beer, the, the pH of the beer changes the color of the pea flower. I actually didn't even know that going into it. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, it's actually going to be green. So That's yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah. I saw him walking by. I'm like, man, look at that flight. There's like. A bunch yeah. of bright colors there, and uh, the green just definitely stood yeah. out. That's cool. I did. I did. That's one thing I will say, and this is not a negative thing to anyone yeah. or any or even us. But uh, it's funny. Like the one thing I realized going to Pure Project because they did all these wild beers, is, right? And all the beers are good. But the funny thing is, what I realized is that it really doesn't matter if they're good. It's how Instagrammable are they? That's right. But then you know you make them good, and then they're like. Well, I know that I could I could put up a picture of uh, a beer that's got the most crazy adjuncts that you're like okay this isn't really beer but it gets the most likes because yeah. it's super colorful or maybe it's got glitter in yeah, it or my, something stupid like that my favorite is when people get see pictures of hazy ipa and they go it looks so good and it's like based off of it's literally just, just a picture yellow it looks yeah, it's so mustard. Haze. so as a joke one day i sent a, a similar picture to a group of beer fanatics yeah. but it was just a the beer in the glass was actually just actively fermenting lager uh-huh. so it was going to be bright clear and crisp yeah. but it was during active fermentation so it was hazy, hazy. as all yeah. yeah it looks so good i was like oh it's actually a, a lager halfway through fermentation but thank you it's going yeah. to be great <laughs> that's great i have a contractor waiting at home i gotta bail i'm very sorry for that that's okay no, that's, that's why well we appre- we appreciate you uh joining us thank Nick, you so much this was amazing yeah. you guys are a lot of fun so i yeah. appreciate it no, we yeah. appreciate thank it. you for having Cheers. us and for sharing your story and i'm here awesome if you guys want to talk I yeah but if not <laughs> if you <laughs> want to kick me out too I'm go- i'll go home well up oh, padre scored another run by the way three three zero now. all right ryan make sure you take care of these guys and send yeah, them some beer yeah i will thank you guys so much thank, thank you Nick. thank you appreciate ryan. it good meeting you all right nick marone good dude yeah yeah. Love me. That's yeah, awesome. it's it's crazy actually. Just the idea that it was just us two here like three years ago, and now there's like a big team and yeah, and four stores, four yeah, tap rooms. It's wild. A lot of those actually kind of fell into our lap too during COVID, which is right. interesting. Um, the Bay Park one, for instance, was like yeah, you know, I think a lot of the landlords at that time were just trying to rent out space, so yeah. can't pass up on the deal. And I um, get six. Uh, Six satellite licenses off of this one, so I think we're trying to maximize those. So yeah, I love that Carmel Valley location. Uh, is it one Paseo? Yeah, one Paseo. Yeah, it's just cool because it's like a I don't know, kind of hip little uh, shopping center there with tons of different food options. Yeah, uh, one being uh, was it Burger? Uh, the oh, burger the uh, Shake Shack. Shake Shack. Love Shake Literally Shack. right across oh, the yeah. street. Uh, Shake Shack's a big deal for a lot of people, especially uh, East Coasters. They right. love their Shake Shack. Yeah. They they tell you it's better than In and Out. Um, they're liars. <laughs> I, I just Pricing. feel like it's less special now that we have it so widely available yeah. and accessible yeah. on the West Coast. Yeah. You know, it used to be 
The only one on the West Coast, I believe, that you could find was in the New York, New York Hotel in Las Vegas. Yes. Oh, and really? Now, yeah, now, yeah, but now they it's have, everywhere. Now they're everywhere. They, right, right, exactly, exactly. Um, so it's still good, but maybe it's, a I think it's bit less really special. good. I, it, I think the hardest part of that debate is uh, do you factor in cost or not? Because In N Out oh, is cheap. Okay. Right. That's, it's, well, that's cheap. Cheaper. Cheaper. I still say it's, to me, In N Out's pricey. For, compared to what? For what it is. Well, compared oh, to... Oh, yeah, 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 like what it is. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. I mean, the burgers are, you know, little burgers, and they're, you know, what are you, 10, 12 bucks for a combo meal, something like that, mm-hmm. which is still kind of, I mean, shoot, McDonald's is up there, too, now. They it's are, like, I, They I, are. You know, and I have my qualms about In-N-Out, too, but compared to McDonald's, I'd eat In-N-Out 10 yeah. times over McDonald's. you got to almost pay me or give me something free to get me to eat at McDonald's. <laughs> have um, you guys ever done a beer float at uh, Shake Shack? No, I've had their shakes. Though. I've had beer yeah. floats, but not from Shake Shack. Okay. Wait, they have? Oh yeah, because they do have beer. Yeah, uh, yeah they brew. Cool. Uh, I, I believe Brooklyn Brewing Company brews their. Because oh, yeah. uh, they have their Shake own Shack beer. Lager yeah. or whatever. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, they have their own beer. They have. Yeah. it's pretty I decent. They have multiple, uh, the or they just have the lager. Or? I think they have a lager and an IPA. I could be wrong. Okay. I know a lager. Yeah, it's for Brooklyn sure. beer though. Yeah, it does yeah. it. Yeah, that just made me think of it. That Van Rip beer that we had earlier. That would have been an amazing float right there. Right, right. With the vanilla bean. Ice cream from Tillamook that I mentioned earlier. That, that would make, sounds insane. Right. That would be pretty in, insane for Tillamook sure. Marion Berry ice cream is also. Ooh, oh, Marion yeah, Berry, yeah. yeah, that's right. I tried that for the first time pretty recently. It's pretty, um, pretty damn good stuff. So back to the Carmel Valley location. So Shake Shack, and there's also a bomb pizza place right yeah, next door. Yeah, Urban Pizza. They do the coal fired pizza. Oh, Amazing. Man. They deliver to the tasting room. Um, yeah. So we went there. I mentioned I was on a work trip, and so a bunch of coworkers of mine, they're like, um, you know where should we go and of course they asked me because they know i do a beer podcast so like i'm sure he'll figure it out yeah and so i'm like well literally my hotel was right there in carmel valley i'm like there's a harland right up the street i've actually never been to that location but there's food there oh awesome and so we we ended up going there and of course we had no idea it was trivia night so score so we all did trivia oh we yeah ordered pizza they brought it right to our table yeah. and it was just a really cool experience um and uh nice little location much smaller than the script ranch location yeah uh, but still, plenty of plenty of room in there because it's got a little outdoor spot. It still has a decent size inside, and then again, food options. There's a huge parking lot that you can park in there. Yeah. Um, so a lot of things in the area. It's just a nice spot if you're on the coast and you want some Harland, you can hit that spot up. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the point too with the tasting rooms is trying to hit the whole county. So right. it's like we got like North County right here in Scripps, pretty yeah. much. Uh, we're on the coast, North County, uh, with. Uh, with the Wampaseo location in Carmel Valley. Yeah. Uh, we got Bay Park, which is kind of hitting that, like, mid, like, PB, right. OB, like, you know, that area. And then South Park is, like, downtown North Park, South Park area. If you guys uh, somehow were able to break counties and you ended up in Temecula, I really uh, wouldn't be mad at you. Right? Oh, I would love to. <laughs> so, I actually live I live in North Escondido, like, really right. far north. Like, I live off, like, Deer Springs Road, so okay. almost a fall Almost road. there, yeah. And I lived in Temecula for the last year in high school yeah um so yeah i'm very familiar with i would love to be up there yeah. some yeah. good breweries up there too yeah. in that area yeah. it's really yeah. becoming its own little san diego-ish riverside county craft beer capital mm-hmm. yep. yeah yep. definitely some good stuff up there so yeah. that would be cool to see harlan up there yeah no, it, it's awesome <laughs> what, what do there. you guys think is uh like you know as we're talking about different locations um what do you think is the future of harlan like would you guys want to expand to more locations or yeah. What, do you, yeah. what do you think? I mean, the, I think right now 
you know, just from getting a consensus of obviously just everyone within the company, I think obviously we're going we're gonna to try to maximize all of our satellite yeah. tasting rooms. So I think you get six. We're trying to do all those. Um, right. Restaurant-wise, we want to also build a kitchen here in Scripps Ranch. Um, that's the goal. Um, Scout Distro is here right now sharing the building with us. So I yeah. think uh, they're currently looking for a, a new building um, to expand into because they're bursting at the seams, we're bursting at the seams. So yeah. trying to get them out of here first and foremost, and then we can kind of expand and move in and try to build a kitchen here in, in uh, Scripps Ranch. Um, but outside of that, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of funny. It's kind of like uh, the taste rooms kind of come to you. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, we're searching, but then also I think like South Park kind of came out of them hitting us up and like, uh, and Bay Park the same way. And it's like just finding landlords that are looking for like someone that they want you there. You know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, it just makes it easier cause it's always hard yeah. dealing with landlords as a brewery. Um, as far as just traffic, especially when they, you know, they invite a brewery and maybe they've been to another brewery, but not to be like toot our own horns, but it's like, sometimes we do have lines and it's like, you know, it can get annoying with parking, you know, we threw Ube Day Festival here in Scripps Ranch, and I don't think our neighbors loved us for it. Um, yeah, we, we definitely saw a couple of no Harlan, Harlan yeah. Brewing parking signs at uh, some of the other businesses. On yeah, our that's, way. that's funny we, when it says no Harlan parking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, even back here behind the building, if you go, it says, like, no no parking, like, for any, like, delivery trucks or Harlan, and that's all due to oh. us. But, you know, so it's hard. We try to be cool, and we try to work with the neighbors, and yeah. try to give them heads up and give them, offer them discount codes to the festival. But oh, that's yeah. nice. You always, have, you always have the one that's that's yelling at you. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you guys aren't going anywhere and definitely going to be getting bigger and bigger. So eventually they'll get used to it. Yeah. I mean, and we do everything legally, right? We pull permits and everything's everything's by the book. So right. Yeah, yeah. You were, you were telling us before we uh, got on mic just about everything you went through for Ube Fest. Just like yeah. making sure, you know, all the T's were crossed and yeah. I's dotted. And, you know. like, if you ever attend a festival thrown by anyone, just have some, uh, you know, a little like courtesy for them as far as like what they went through to organize yeah, that good. It's, it ain't easy. It's so easy to do. From I get everyone's place, paying so. money, and it's so easy to just judge. But it, oh man, it's a nightmare. Like yeah. logistically, just even trying to figure out all the rules and laws. It's like you know you're kind of reading. It's like kind of interpretation, and then yeah. you know next thing you know you go well we interpreted it this way, and then there the city says well you're wrong, and uh, you know that's uh, one of those things where. Uh, Man, it's so much fun, but the but the lead up to it is just so oh, much work. Oh, it's so stressful. <laughs> so I, yeah, Ube Day, we enjoyed once it was going, but leading right. up to it was just it was stressful. Um, I can only imagine. I think every year I'll get better. I think you get yeah. better at it too, right? I mean, you're going to do another Kunkel Fest. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll have another one uh, next year, and I'm sure June. it'll be easier than last year, and and it'll keep going. I that hope way. so. You know, we learned like the first year we did was uh, it, uh, more of. Um, you know, we had all the breweries donate kegs, and then uh, each one of those uh, kegs we had marked with our Beard Adam Brew podcast tap handles. Um, and so when people would buy um, from that keg, it was $5 a pint, and, and all that went to uh, Josh's family to pay for his funeral. Um, and then we also had, like, a silent auction and stuff. So it was a little bit different. And then this year we did the um, more like a festival, you know, where you buy and get a wristband, and it was all you could drink. Uh, and there were several food vendors there as well. Uh, so it's definitely a different animal and just coming up with, you know, trying to keep people there and keep people interested by having, you know, performers and stuff like that. And like I said, people canceling last minute yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, luckily, uh, Jimmy, you know, obviously he's a huge help there and allowing uh, us to do it at his uh, at his shop. 
the city of Beaumont is very supportive of his business um, and very supportive of us. And so it's definitely that helped on that avenue, but it's still extremely, extremely stressful. Um, You know, and you still get, you know, you get people saying, well, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't that great or whatever. Okay. Well, that was like literally, if you count, it's our second one, but our first one being a festival. Yeah. uh, You know, and and like I said, my plan is to grow it every year uh, and eventually, uh, it'll be too big for Jimmy's spot because you know it's just a yeah. it's a bottle shop, you know. Yeah. And you know, eventually, I'd like to have it be a large festival, and you know, because we raise money for good causes and stuff like that. And, yeah. In honor of uh, uh, Joshua, but yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's all you work. can do is like. So year one for us, we did it here, same location, right. but no guest breweries. So it was all our own beer. Yeah. Um, biggest complaint then was I think we just it was right post like everything opening up from COVID. Yeah. So. We underestimated the amount of people that would show up, and right. I think it was really—I mean, I like to think that people wanted to come, but I think it was also like that was right when everything was opening up, so everyone yeah. was just been locked down for two years, and they're like, "Let's go!" Like so, ended up I think like eighteen hundred people showed up, and we were expecting like five hundred, yeah. you know, and and, it was, and so the beer lines were crazy, and we I bet did the bathroom line was fun. The bathroom line was crazy, and I think we were charging like ten, like it was nothing. It was like pretty much just like breaking even just to cover the yeah. band. It was like five or ten dollars to get in, yeah, you know. And then you just buy your own beer, and it's just like have at it. But the biggest complaint was that uh, the beer lines, right? There was long beer lines. So this year, that was our big focus is like not having beer lines. But then through another wrench into the thing, we're like, well, let's also invite all these breweries from around the country, and then. Right. Yeah, it was crazy, but I think everyone had fun, and I think we did way better than we did last year, and yeah. that's really all you can do is try to improve year over year, right? Try yeah. to do better to learn from... You learn your you learn your whatever mistakes you made or lessons that you learned. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things, and I've also tried to go to festivals myself and, and, and take some of the advice that I get from some of the other breweries. Um, you know, like I said, I mentioned Irie Jungle uh, earlier, uh, Tripping Animals, uh, Ignacio, they... <laughs> And they know how to throw a festival because they, the they do. That's not the only one they do no. in, in the year. In fact, they got another one coming up. I mean, up I don't know if anyone's fest. grinding as hard as the tripping animals. No, they're, Honestly, they're, they're insane. Uh, but they just they they know how to do it, and it, it's very streamlined. You know, you see a lot of festivals where there's just this insane line. I was just looking at the 450 corn maze. Oh yeah, stuff that that's nice. been posted. Had a buddy and, just go out. The, the lines are crazy, and it's like. I felt like with uh, Irie Jungle, the way they handled it, you know, uh, they they had the line, and then all of a sudden it was like they sent their employees out with their little tablets, and they're like checking people's phones, and then they would give you the wristband in line, so that way it would streamline, move the line faster. And I'm just like, yeah, they've been doing this for a while; they know what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, yeah. It's just so shout out to uh, Tripping Animals, and yeah, and it's actually funny because I remember Ignacio, he like hit me up afterwards, like, how'd it go, bro? You know, like because they yeah. sent beeper, they weren't able to make it out because they're actually coming out from Mosterland and they got yeah. they've been every, they're just all over all the time yeah so like oh we can't make it we can send beer and I'm like awesome he's like how'd it go and I was like oh dude once it was going it was good but I was stressed out he's like right. oh we know you know what <laughs> I mean they throw that's they yeah. I think they have something going on this weekend or next week it's like an all you can eat festival yeah. or something like they that they just got yeah. like, some food thing going or they yeah. got a beer event going or they got yeah. something going they think they did Oktoberfest like a week or two ago yep yeah they're insane people they are they it's grind a, and when they go to a people. festival, if they come out, they don't just go to the festival. They, like, hit the streets. They're hitting, like, every account that sells their beer. Yeah. They're showing face. They're saying thank you. Yeah. They are literally doing They're it right. Cool people. They're I'm, grinding. I'm, I'm, I'm sad that, uh, so, uh, the other Brandon, him and I went to Irie Jungle 
we were supposed to do a show with them, and but it was just so busy because I read Jungle that we couldn't coordinate everything. But we were already coming out there because we had the VIP tickets to go to the festival, and uh, so we we eventually um, uh, we eventually made appointments with other breweries, but they still took care of us at the festival, and we're really grateful. Yeah, that's awesome. And so hopefully, come April, we'll be going back. Maybe you'll be going. Oh, this time around, and oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to we'll, we'll have to hopefully set something up so we can actually sit down and talk to talk to them and and uh, you yeah, know, tell them thank you. <laughs> I had this uh, crazy IPA from them one time, uh, like during COVID. There was like a beer, like a virtual beer festival where they like send you the beers and you like tune in live and like yeah, the brewers like talk about the beers and yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it was like called like Breakfast Shark or Breakfast, breakfast Nacho shark. shark or something. It had Nacho, nacho shark. in it. Yeah, yeah. Nacho Shark. Okay, yeah. Something like that. It was supposed to be all breakfast beers. I can't remember what like the breakfast like quality of this IPA was, but yeah, man, it was. I have a breakfast for you, breakfast was, beer for you right now if you want to try it. Oh. oh. A new tap? All right. I love right. that. Let's if do you it. Want. Oh, Let's re- do you guys it. keep chatting. I'll, we'll I'm going to get three tasters of uh, one of our brewers, Jerry. Um, so we, we have a. For people who don't know, we have a we have a large system that's production, and then we have a smaller system. Yeah, a lot of our more fun, cool beers come off off of that system. Uh, mm-hmm. So we let the the brewers here kind of have play around with it every once in a while. Yeah, um, so they kind of rotate through a rotation, and they get to brew whatever they want. Okay. Um, so we have like an English Dark Mild on right now. That's Ooh, like nice. uh, that one of our brewers did, and then just recently, uh, Jerry, uh, one of our brewers, she's a badass. She brewed a breakfast style sour, so okay. it's a wow. sour beer with tangerine, apricot, and coffee. Wow! Um, so I'll go grab some. Okay. Oh, wow! Let's Thank do you, it. man. Yeah, Let's do excited it. to try it. Absolutely. Uh, so update on the uh, San Diego Padres. They're currently winning 3 nothing in the top of the third, for those of you that end up listening to this show, against the New York Mets. So that's exciting. Um, Brandon, what do you think so far, Harlan Brewing? Man, I'm loving it. You know, I was uh, – Harlan's been at the top of my list in terms of breweries that I yeah. wanted to visit. Um, yeah, it's far exceeded my expectations. I – had only ever tried the Japanese rice lager. That's like the only Harlem beer that I've been able to find in my area. Yeah. And I'm a big, big fan of that beer, as I told you, yeah. uh, you know, before we got on mic. And, uh, had to I, take a photo. Yeah. I, um, I wasn't super familiar with like the different styles that Harlem brewed in. Like I didn't know that they did those stouts, man. Like insane, right? Were, dude, they were really good. Absolutely oh, insane. Really good. I'm really excited to try this uh, breakfast breakfast uh, sour that we're about to indulge in. We're going to have breakfast, courtesy of Ryan, head brewer of Harlan Brewing. Yeah, so this is Jerry's beer. So what I do is a lot of times is some of them aren't great, or they just haven't had a lot of experience with yeah. developing, like actually writing the recipes of how right. to do it. But So I'll take the brewers and then kind of guide them through. Like, they'll give me their idea, and then I'll help them kind of, like, write the recipe and teach them how I go about writing recipes and then how I – what our dosing rates are for different things and how we do that. So uh, concept was hers, though. Um, It's kind of a play on another famous beer from, like, McKellar, which was Raspberry Blush, which was raspberry and coffee sour. Um, Her concept was, like, kind of turning it more into, like, more of, like, a breakfast sour. So, like, she was thinking, like, orange marmalade toast and coffee kind of vibe. That's cool. Um, wow. So that's what this is. So it's tangerine, apricot, 
and uh, actually her friend's coffee, Four Cups Coffee Roasting. Wow. Four Cups Roasting. Uh, brand new. But yeah, this wow. is like one of his first batches he like roasted. And what's it called? What's uh... Uh, We're calling it Jerry's... Uh, what do we call it? Jerry's... Gosh dang it. I don't even remember Jerry's that. Breakfast? I think it's like Jerry's... Now I, I, now I feel bad. Because I don't wow. remember. We'll, we'll cut that out. Yeah. We'll edit it out. <laughs> Well, thanks for bringing this one over. Excited to try it. Yeah, definitely uh, something really unique. And, you know, mentioned it before, uh, for those that have never been to Harlan Brewing, is they definitely, uh, you know, yourself and then all the other brewers here, um, as far as, like, R&D and, like, playing around with and in, in being innovative compared to, you know, uh, breweries that just stick to their core beers. They come up, you guys You guys come up with some amazing, <laughs> Brandon's making, he likes this, I can tell. <laughs> this is good, man. Yeah, orange marmalade is like right on the money. Yeah. Like, so it's funny how like the apricot and tangerine, you say orange marmalade, but then I tell you I put apricot and tangerine in it. But you got to like find flavors to make, yeah, and tangerine, you know what I mean? You got to like find. Sure. That is so wild because we even I, did, smell, I smelled the orange. Yeah. And then I taste the orange and then I taste coffee. Yeah. Weird. The coffee is so. Subtle. And then we even did another version we played around with that had cooked uh, cacao nibs in it. Oh wow! And it just tasted like one of those like chocolate covered like orange candy oh, things. That's my favorite uh, Christmas the, treat. The vibe was like breakfast, so we opted out on that. Yeah. Just because we felt like we're like, oh, remember that? We right. should do something else. But if it's like a breakfast vibe, like that's not what I'm getting off of this. So right. we pulled out the cacao nibs. And you said that this is pouring in the tap room right now? Yeah, yeah. This okay. is pouring. Uh, cool. Yeah, so today it's pouring at Scripps Ranch, and then by Monday it'll be pouring at all of our locations. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Cool. That's really good. That's definitely going to be a great breakfast beer. Mm. Mm-hmm. I would drink this with, with breakfast. I mean, I'm thinking biscuits and gravy and yeah, uh, little orange marmalade sourdough toast on yeah, the exactly. side. No, that's yeah. a lot of bread, but uh, you can tell I like bread. <laughs> it's um, nice because it's just like I get a lot of coffee on the nose. It's like orange and coffee on the nose, but then the right. coffee kind of comes on the very back end when you're actually drinking it. So it's like kind of hits you with like that sour jammy marmalade, and then yeah. all of a sudden you're like, "Wait, there's coffee in there too." You know, that's wild. Yeah, I think that's... my mother-in-law would like that because I know she loves orange marmalade and she loves coffee. So it's like two of her favorite things all in one. Yeah, and she's. It's funny because of me. She. I don't think she really ever tried drink beer. Uh, her whole life and then i'm always like here try this and the stuff that i get sent and all that here try this try this and she's really developed a taste for different types of beer she really likes a lot of the hazy ipas that come across with like the grapefruit flavor yeah um i think i want to say it was mason the pulpacana do you remember was that mason all works that made that yeah it sounds familiar it had like it looked like the tropicana uh yeah, yeah, yeah can yeah, art yeah, yeah. but it was pulpacana i think it was mason all works i think it was that was yeah. like one of her favorite she just like man it tastes a lot orange and grapefruit and yeah. citrusy and, um, man, I can't believe my mother-in-law is drinking an IPA. This is great. But this right here, she would really like. Uh, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. it's real good, man. You can skip the orange juice in the morning and just crack yeah. one of these. <laughs> so this is, this is Jerry's baby. Yeah, this is Jerry's baby. Shout out to Jerry. Yeah. Geraldine, killing it. Huge Disney fan. She's the one that's like, she goes to Disney. She, she will literally drive to, uh, what was it, the other day? She had a 6 a.m. or, sorry, she had a 9 a.m. brewing shift. And she drove all the way up to L.A. to Anaheim. Yeah. To the what's the tiki spot in Disneyland Hotel? Trader Sam's. Trader Sam's. Yeah. Drove all the way up there to Trader Sam's just to get a tiki mug that was releasing at six a.m. that morning. That uh, sounds like something that we we might do. I, more more so the wife. I'm I, more like go there and drink. And I love Disney. I grew up with it. Okay. And now that I have I've got the kids, it's like yeah. I love seeing their faces when yeah. we go there. And uh, you know, it's a lot of money, but that's one of those things that I've always said that. 
when I tell people, when you invest in your children, the look on their faces, that's something that no, yeah. no dollar amount can meet, yeah. you know? So that's like my thing. It's kind of funny, actually. Uh, I have a nine-month-old daughter right now, but... Uh, it's almost time. Yeah. we Well, we just took her yeah. for the first time because we had our beer in there, so we ended up going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was funny because I just want to spoil her because right. I grew up going to Disneyland, but my parents would never like, that was like all the money we had was to go to Disneyland. Yeah. So no souvenirs. No, no souvenirs, <laughs> no cool food. Like we had like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the car. Yep. And so now when we go, I'm like, whatever you want, we're getting that. That's I'm like, right. you want a corn dog? I'm buying everything. Like, we're buying. And so it's beautiful. funny though, because it's like, those. Ex- it is expensive, yeah. but it's like, we got a hotel room so yep. we can go take a break. I'm like, you we're, know. In fact, we're actually going uh, next weekend or uh, not this weekend down here, but next weekend is my, my son's fourth birthday. And so we're going, we're staying at the um, uh, Paradise Pier Hotel. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that's the one like connected to. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it's right across oh. the street from Grand California. Now they have their own entrance into uh, California Adventure, yeah. which is nice. Get, yeah, you can get that early. Uh, yep. early hour, yeah, get in an hour early so we can get yeah. on the cars ride for my son because he's obsessed with cars. Yep. And, uh, Gosh, you know, that ride is good. Yeah, we're going to go there and then. Uh, I think, well, the night before, we're going to spend at the hotel and do the pool and the water slide, and then the next day, we're actually going into the park. Uh, but I'll probably be at Trader Sands because that's one of my favorite places, yeah. too. Um, but now I got now that I know that your beer's there, I'm going to have to go partake. Yeah, I'll, I'll, send you, I'll show you where it is uh, okay. on the map before right. you leave. You said it was at the studio? Yeah, studio. It's like, you know, like down by like kind of where the, sw- the, the swings are. Yes. Yeah, it's like right there. Okay. Yeah. All right, or, and, and or by the back lot, or it's two actual locations. It was by where the swings were, or like then the other, the studio location I think is the back lot. Yeah. Where like the fake wall is. Yes. Yes. Okay. So there, it's there if it's open. Yeah. They've been closing it though, and so then it's been moving over by the swings. I forgot what the name of that bar is though, but. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that you say the the fake wall as I, I just posted a, a, a couple weeks ago. A picture. Where, where where's the beer dad at? And it was in front of that oh, fake cloud wall. And who answered it? It was uh, Noble Elworth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They knew. Steve. Yeah, because they, they they knew exactly. They knew yeah, exactly man. where I was at. You were in their hood. They're like, that's you're the only ones that knew. Um, but uh, but yeah, we, we love Disneyland, so that's great. Get, get the yeah. little one and spoiler. Rotten. Oh, dude, yeah, it's for bad. sure. It's we like, actually we just had to add my son to the our magic key passes because Oh, he had the he's age. Too, he's too, well, he's a little over. We oh. kind of got him in there a couple times. Don't <laughs> listen Disney. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's way too big now. He he he's four. He's turning 4. He looks like he's 7. So Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, you can't, like, can't right. sneak him in no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we, yeah. we got his pass. He was all excited last time we went and got his pass. They took his picture, gave him his own little card so he was like super stoked. Um, but yeah, we'll be selling, celebrating his birthday. By next year, he'll have the matching beard. Beard, yeah. Yeah. Well, he always. He, it's funny. He says because you know, obviously, he pays attention to everything that Dad does, and uh, he um, he he said to I believe it was my wife had her friend over, my mother in law was there, and, and he he said. One day I'm gonna have a beard like you, and I'm gonna drink pickle beer like you. Oh. Wait, do you see, like pickle beer? He saw me drinking Martin House pickle beer, and dude, so, I love it's so good. I've never it's had so it. So good. Oh, I gotta. Try have it. you had that one, the Martin House? Yeah. Oh, dude, I love that stuff. I it's love, so like a lot of people. But like, I love pickles. A lot of people are like it's so gross. What's the matter with you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm same. I love pickles. It's it's a wild. It's maybe fine. you should make your own version. I don't know. I don't know how. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd feel confident enough. But I had like the spicy version too. That, that was so good. Good, yeah. They, and they came out with uh, some new ones like chamoy flavor, yeah. uh, Bloody Mary mix, and sweet dill pickle. Because uh, I had a beer share for the first time. It was like a joke. 
Yeah. Like someone opened it as a joke, but I was like, no, this is like good. I was the same. And they were all like dying laughing. Like, there's no way you think this is good. I'm like, no, like, I actually like this. I was the same. Like, so, I would drink this. So for whatever reason, we're really big in Texas. we got a lot of listeners in Texas, a lot of good people we've met over the years. In fact, that's how we met Marcus from Baba Brew House. And, uh, um, you know, we've made some relationships a lot in the Houston area. And uh, one, one of the guys that sent us like this package of... Texas, Houston area Drake, beers. right? Isn't that yeah. Drake? Yeah. And so there was all these different beers, and that was kind of like the throw-in beer. Yeah, like, yeah. It's always fun. a throw-in. It's never uh, – no one's actually trading for this, this beer. damn good. And so yeah. the next co- – the, the last couple times I went out to Texas, uh, including that trip that we all went there for the podcast for Baba's five-year anniversary, um, I went to – you just go to the HEB, which is their version of Vons or Stater yeah, Brothers. Yeah, yeah. And they got it right there on the shelf for like seven bucks for a six-pack, and it was like – I load up on bring as much as I can, or like my wife, she's got um, two cousins that live out in the Austin area. So every time they come out here, they're like, "What do you guys want?" And oh, my, pickle beer. I want pickle beer. My wife always asks for um, sweet heat barbecue sauce from HEB. It's like yeah. their own custom barbecue sauce. And so Man. it's funny they always bring that back for us. I know you were telling the folks at uh, 903 when you interviewed them, like, you got to bring some pickle beers out here to L.A. Yeah, they to, they make their California version of the uh, pickle beer, and so now that they're distributing in California, he's. We might, we might see their pickle beer, too. So yeah. that would be interesting. Because there there's a demand for it, especially um, michelada lovers. It makes oh. an amazing michelada. Oh, amazing. Yeah. 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 All that extra flavor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just balances with the michelada mix. But yeah. uh, it would be interesting to make, like, yeah. a nice, refreshing pickle beer here. Yeah. I, mean, I don't even know go. where to start <laughs> other than pickle juice. Pickle juice, yeah. I, nah, bet, I, don't I bet you can figure it out, man. I bet you, I mean, all, the, canning all the other crazy shit you figured out, I, mean, I bet yeah. you can even make it happen. <laughs> pickles and uh i don't know you can either go the sour route like like they did like a berliner style or yeah or even like i've always thought like maybe like a uh like a lager but like that's what i because that's what i was thinking like a lager yeah with, like, tame it down a little bit like not so hardcore on the pickle but still get that pickle flavor with mixed with a lager It'd almost be like you know an adjuncted lager that has lime in it but yeah, instead I, of lime have pickle i feel like people see that can and they immediately make an assumption. Right. They're not going to like it, that it's, you know, it's a, like a parody beer, it's a joke beer. And really, if you think about it, you know, fermented pickles, like, it's really not that far off from a beer. Like, Listen, my mother-in-law is a health nut. She'll tell you it's good for your gut flora. There you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I just love pickles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, man. I love pickles too. I love That's why I tell people. But I'm like a big. But I'm also a big bread and butter pickle guy. If we're gonna get into the pickle debate, you I'm a like big. Bread bre- I'm a, so I'm you a might bread like and butter. New, they have a bread and butter. Oh, uh, really? They like a sweet version. Sweet they did sour. They did a. I don't know if it's a four different flavors or three different flavors, but a special uh, twelve pack. I think that they released just recently, and it had all the different one-offs of the pickle beer, and one of them was like a bread and butter. That's awesome. Sweet pickle. I don't know That's if it's awesome. any good. I haven't tried it. I did try the uh, grape pickle beer yeah. that they did, and I love grape too. But that didn't. Yeah, that was that like pushing the, limits. Yeah. pushing the limits. That did not do it for me. Um, the, all, hey. Now the fruit punch one, though, believe it or not, oh, it hit right. So in wait, te- what? Fruit yeah. punch and pickles? Yes. Yeah, so in Texas, a, a delicacy there. Leave that it they to do, Texas, right? They will actually make like Kool Aid pickles. That's a thing. So you basically. You um, take a whole jar of pickles, empty the empty the um, uh, the juice, mix it with the Kool Aid mix, pour it back in the jar, and then put it in the fridge for about a week, and the pickles turn bright red, and they're like fruit punch pickles. You know and if what? you like the sweet sour pickle, you would love them. 
I mean, that's some innovative. I'm about it, man. That's a pastry pickle. That's what we call that. It's really bizarre. I, I, pastry I stout, pastry a, pickle. It's a craft pickle. Craft I thought, pickle. I thought I'm not going to like this, but uh, I liked it. So <laughs> I don't know what to say. Hey, Kool-Aid and pickles. So. I, I, just like I'm, just like beers, right? You can do all kinds of crazy yeah, shit. Exactly. Yeah. Either you're going to like it or you're not going to like it. Yeah. The, the only thing I'm surprised about from that story is that it's not bigger. Because everything you just said makes so much sense, and I, f- I like more people when they figure that shit out. Yeah, like when they hear this podcast, they're gonna be like, "I'm gonna go do that." I think if become- it becomes a TikTok trend, it'll it'll get crazy. And all of a sudden, yeah. next thing you know, you're gonna go to the grocery Pickle store to buy pickles, and then the shelves red are gonna be pickles. empty. Red, red, bright red pickles. They're all out of the Kool-Aid pickles. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that'll be a tap room snack that you guys can sell. Buck fifty a pickle. I mean. We just made our own sparkling water for the first time. Ube pickles. We did yuzu sparkling water. Ube pickles Ooh. would be wild. Yeah. Ube pickles. Purple oh. pickle. Have you guys Purple given to the uh, hard seltzer? So we just did. Oh, hard seltzers? Yeah. I got a hard seltzer on right now. You want to oh, try it Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, it's blackberry marshmallow. It's, yeah, why not? Yeah. I, I mean, it, yeah. Let's you want to try it? Let's try it. Let's go for it. Let's see what they did with the seltzer here at Harlan Brewing. Seltzers, you, seltzers we were talking about with I'm trying to remember who somebody that said we would never ever ever make seltzer and then they had to make seltzer because that's kind of the fad right now um, yeah I mean I think we've talked about it before and it's easy to judge breweries your favorite brewery for right. doing a seltzer but you got to think about it from the business component yeah People are coming to breweries that don't necessarily like beer, which is yeah. a weird concept. But it's like, you know, somebody like you or me, we might have a friend, family member, whatever that right. comes in with us that is a wine drinker or, you know, maybe, you know, not a beer drinker. Yeah. And if you can provide them a craft seltzer, that might be, you know, something that that person gets a bunch of rounds. Brings them in. Brings them in. It for does sure. bring them in. I mean, there's, you know, there's some people that, that uh, you know, for calorie reasons or whatever sure. they might want. You know, a nice crisp uh, seltzer, and that way, you know, like if you and I were like, okay, let's go down to a brewery, and it's like I'm dieting, and I'm like, okay, let's have some light seltzer, and you can have beers, and you know, it kind of works out that way if a brewery can accommodate um, people that are into that kind of thing. Right, right. Um, I'm really interested to see how this came out here because I know that Harland obviously makes amazing beers. We just went through a whole shit ton of them, all kinds of different styles. <laughs> Seltzers are actually a uh they're getting me going, man. I, I'm pretty excited about them. Really? I just okay. find it interesting, and they're not as easy as you would think to make. No. So really? okay. I'm kind of having fun okay. with them because I underestimated the challenge of yeah. seltzer, hard seltzer, and yeah. it's fun. So this is all real fruit, though. Obviously, it's bright red. Yeah. Beautiful color. Uh, but it's all real fruit, real marshmallow, uh, but it's bright, clear. And I'm uh, sorry, you said it's blackberry marshmallow? Yeah, blackberry okay. marshmallow. Yeah. Cool. See if I can get a nice little picture so everybody so this, can see this, this is our color. second one we've done. The first one we did was a actually no, sorry. So we've done a couple weird things. So we did actually we did a collab with McKellar SD. We actually did a ten percent food or fermented. Oh wow! Uh, hard seltzers with like it had like Buddha's hand, blackberry, calamansi. And something else I can't remember, but it was wow. like it was like a it was like a ten percent seltzer, though. Yeah. and it was and we fermented it in oak. Yeah, um, and then we did a smoothie seltzer. Okay, and then this is our first like real seltzer, as far as like it's clear and yeah, but it's red. Um, 
So, yeah. Blackberry marshmallow. Hard seltzer. Right, uh, 6%, I believe. It's interesting. The the color on it, like you said, is absolutely amazing. Nice, I can see uh, it bring, bring, nice bring people in just by looking at it. Yeah. Heavy marshmallow on the nose? Yeah, I was going to say I get a lot of marshmallow. <laughs> a lot of marshmallow. Let's, let's check it out here. Ooh, okay. That's good, man. I'm not a seltzer fan at all. Like, it really... <laughs> But like marshmallow, I'm a sucker for, and it's not dry. It, so it finished good. dry, but then back sweetened with a little bit of fruit, and then it refermented a little bit. So, I mean, I don't know. I didn't alkalize it to figure out how many calories in it, but it's it's definitely not a seltzer as far as calorie content right. goes, or like. But it's not a beer. I mean, it's. So you're saving calories by drinking this, not drinking a beer, but it's still up there. It's still got marshmallow. Yeah. I mean, the marshmallow refermented a little bit. You know what? It's uh, funny. Fruit, but it's funny yeah. with the with the aroma of the marshmallow. It's very heavy, but on the actual flavor, it's just nice yeah, and delicate. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. it's not as overpowering as you think it is, just by based on smelling it, which is really yeah. different. I feel like it's still a crushable seltzer because for me, I like seltzers at the beach or like on a boat. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm like day drinking. I'm not a big day drinker, really, personally. Yeah. Did you uh, did you feel pressure though to brew this, or did you brew it because you were interested? in No, it? I kind of like. Them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> hey, There's no shame. Uh, I also, respect. I also, I so the other thing for me as a brewer and uh, what I tell other brewers when they go like, "Oh, you do this," I, I have no morals. I have no standards. <laughs> um, I will brew whatever. I like fermentation. I think it's fun. Yeah. I think fermenting sugars is fun. I think fermenting fruit is fun, like fruit wine. Right. I think fermentation is fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't have high standards as far as like I just. I don't want to be on like a, a, a pedestal, like being like, "Oh, it's not true to style." Style guidelines yeah. make me sad and bored. Yeah. Uh, and so there's brewers out there that they live by that, and they breathe by that, and they die by that, and and I appreciate that because without people like that, there wouldn't be a lot of the beers and the quality beer that we have today. But for me personally, as a brewer, when I got into home brewing, when I got into craft brewing, it was because it was so the idea of making like weird stuff taste yeah. good and doing different, doing things differently. Um, so I love like all the alternative alternative beverages, yeah. and you know, as a taste room, we can sell it gluten free, you know, vegan, all all the all the things. You know, I think uh, you know as far as you as a brewer and and, and Harlan Brewing, um, what's really great is you guys aren't afraid to experiment and make all kinds of different things. Yeah, there are brewers out there that with the changing of the times, like refuse to do anything but what their core is or what their favorite brews are. And, you know, they, they usually have, have a hard time. And I've noticed that, you know, the breweries that are much more on the innovative side, you know, yourself, Bottle Logic, King's Brewing, um, uh, Solaris Brewing up, yeah. in, up in Marietta. Yeah, like, I love those guys. But, yeah, Chad and Skyler, shout out to those guys. They're amazing. Um, but just doing that and... and getting crazy it's definitely it's brought in it's 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 expanded the business it's like yeah. he was just talking before he came back with the seltzers seltzers and the fruited sours and all these crazy things that before brewers were like huh, absolutely not yeah it it brings people into the tap room that you know like we were talking you know like hey we're buddies and one of us is on a health kick right now so i want to drink seltzer you want to drink beer i can go to a brewery that has both yeah right uh, I'm going to throw a little shade right now on everyone. This is going to be my opinion. All right. It's not, it's not going to be a popular opinion, but I think anyone who like blows off any new trend or any new thing, it's because they're scared. 
Right. Right? They're scared that they, A, are going to get left behind, or they're scared they're not yeah. going to be able to figure it out themselves. And I think I take everything as, like, it's fun, man. It's it, it's Everyone got into craft beer to be fun, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you think when Stone, I mean, my thing with, like, Hazy is, like, Hazy is lazy, and it's like, dude, Hazy IP is probably one of the hardest styles of beer I've ever brewed. West Coast, I could brew my sleep. Yeah. Literally brew that in my sleep, and yeah. it's going to taste good. Hazy IPs are hard. Seltzers are hard. Fruited sours, Christmas, hazy ones without them blowing up the can to make them taste good, hard. hard yep. You don't know what you're talking about. You clearly haven't made a good one. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, uh, I think for me, I got into home brewing because I thought it was fun. Yeah. And I think people are forgetting that beer is fun. And yeah. they're taking themselves too seriously. And I'm all for traditional styles. We brew Marzins. We have a old, we have a, a English dark mild on yeah. we have you know Japanese lager we do like normal beers um, but I just think like the idea of just like hating on any style I don't I don't I don't dig it I don't know I don't like it I just think you know gotta be open to it and like willing to try it it is you know yeah. there's like you know, I, I'd look at it this way a lot of people um, you know they they like to make fun of the fruited sours for instance is it something that is if you're entering in a competition of beer, maybe not, right? I mean, it falls under the sour category and it's got to meet certain criteria. And we were talking about that with GABF. Um, but my personal opinion is that I, I started falling in love with them only because I had good ones. Yeah. Uh, where, where you appreciate on the brewer side, the creativity of what they're, they're trying to do. Like if, if, you know, Kings, for instance, if they tell you that it's going to be Hawaiian punch, and you pour that, and just like I did with the Ube uh, milkshake IPA, and it took me back to my childhood, and I and I have a Hawaiian punch fruit of sour, and it tastes just like the freaking yeah. Hawaiian punch can that without used to drink. using Hawaiian punch, or maybe right. they did, but you know, for right. the most part, I feel like they do it without it. Yeah, it's so just it's a like, bunch of different fruits combination. You just replicated this flavor yep. profile. Absolutely. You know, yeah. that's art, and, and and you you appreciate that side. Um, you know, I I I learned you know from. Uh, Joshua Conkle, my, my old co-host, you know, I miss him dearly. Um, but he was such an innovative brewer, and it's a shame that he never got the chance to, to, to go pro. I mean, he was going to right before he passed away, moving up to Santa Rosa. But um, the things that he did, and when he took his Randall machine and would, and, and would infuse beers and make these crazy combinations and just some of the stuff that he would come up with, it was the creative mad scientist almost macgyver stuff that i used to you know tell yeah. me and you know i could appreciate or if he was out of a certain grain or hop and he's like all right we're trying to make this beer i'm going to take this and this and combine it and it's going to give assimilate the taste of this and it's like uh, i just that's what i appreciate in, yeah. in the brewing industry and like you said you know for people that turn their kind of turn their turn their back on certain types of beers it's like yeah. make them there's a beer for everybody that's why i like craft beer right, like right. here i could bring my wife here and find something that she's gonna like um and she's not a huge beer drinker uh although she's starting to because of me <laughs> but uh but yeah you're, you're definitely right like it's 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 sad that people don't want to adjust or adapt or, or change and, and i appreciate that you're in the industry and you're one of the one of the brewers that are needed in the industry to keep it going to keep all the adaptability and creativeness um that the industry definitely needs yeah um, yeah man that, appreciate you that that attitude that you were talking about of like not being afraid to try new things and also just being like hey man like there's no rules to this shit Let, like let's just try we're not wine yeah have fun exactly. i know winemakers that are the same way but you know what i mean like yeah, they're trying yeah. to break the boundaries right yeah. like 
But I, but I think that that kind of attitude is part of the reason why you guys have been so successful so yeah. fast. Yeah. Is, you know, you guys and, are just... And on the other end of that, I think there's something to say about, like, breweries who, though, are trying to just, like, money grab and do poor representations of those styles, too, right? So I think that's the other thing. So, you know, just trying to make the best beer possible and your intentions are good and, yeah, you know. Sure. But hate, I don't know, like... It's not good. Don't hate on. No hate on. Have fun. Yeah. Enjoy. It's fun, man. Enjoy We're the beer. industry. Don't take like, yourself too seriously. But that's why yeah. I was just taking some pictures. Yeah. Um, it's just really cool right now to see this tap room and see how crowded and busy it is here in this tap room. Um, I mean, all these people enjoying themselves. It's Friday night. The San Diego Padres are in the playoffs. They're currently winning. Still three nothing. Top of the fifth. He's on. One man on. This is my best friend. Didn't snap the photo. Say, say something. Hey. Keeper. Shout out. Shout out. Keeper. Shout out. Uh, what's up? Thank you for having me today. Yeah, there you go. Um, what, what's your name? Just, uh, this is my buddy. He just had a baby. Congratulations. Her name is, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's, been, it's been crazy, but awesome. How, how are you sleeping? Uh, He's I'm not. just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where's, where's your significant other? Let's see. Uh, right there in the imported from hell shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's my brother over there. Yeah. You might know him. But, uh, no, uh, Harlan's number one. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. I like that. What's your favorite Harlan beer ever, all time? Whatever he gets for free. That's also a true statement. <laughs> but I think my favorite of all time has got to be probably K7. I don't know. I just oh, really like Oh, K7. Yeah. So, oh, Kenji's not here. One of our le- our lead brewer our lead brewer has his own series and it's K one through I think seven was yeah. his last one one two skip with you too. yeah 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 <laughs> I think seven was the last one but uh, love it yeah Justin I'm waiting to get a good picture of you but the background of the TV has to be Padres yeah, it has to be the Padres yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get a beer now, the bat so, so. <laughs> go get a beer there you go right, good to see you. hey good to meet you thanks for uh, coming on, baby. on and shouting out Harlan one of my good friends congrats yeah. Get some rest. Whoa, dude, don't knock anything over. No. Ryan knows about that, having a nine-month-old. How, how was that when the baby came around, getting rest and having to be here early for oh, three Oh, well, let's introduce you. Aaron, come over here. We're going to introduce you to Aaron real quick, too, because there's a funny story. Okay. First time, right when I had the baby, my biggest thing now, Aaron, say hi. Hi, hi Aaron. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, Aaron's one of our breweries. Aaron. We work together at, a, at another brewery. But uh, right when we had the baby, Aaron would come into work and tell me how tired he is. There you go. But he was tired because he was playing video games till one in the morning. Different kind of tired. D- yeah. Different kind of tired. Less, definitely less responsibility. <laughs> and then I would yeah. say, "Oh man, I feel so bad for you." Right. Exactly. <laughs> what, what game were you playing, or what games? Um, I think. Uh, Call, uh, Call of Duty, Warzone. Warzone, no, yeah. Warzone. So, yeah, you know, it's something that got us through the pandemic. And, Some, yeah. Sometimes he stays up till two in the morning, you know, and then he has to be at work at seven, and then he's sad. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So, so you kind of know what it's like to have a newborn. Kinda, yeah. kinda, yeah. yeah. You know, I like that. Yes, yes. Another home run, San Diego. Padres. Wait, what? Yes. Oh. oh. Yes. Six nothing, Pro San far. Diego. Pro far. Yes. Hey, shout out to Miguel. Dodgers suck. Dodgers suck. Shout out to Miguel. <laughs> Put that out there in the world. You can. You can I'm say sorry. That a lot. You're from LA. No, it's okay, man. I'm, it's I'm okay. not a big uh, he, baseball fan. Oh, perfect. Because so they're not going to win. I'm so, good, man. yeah, he's good. Yeah. 
No, no Doyers. Although, Jimmy, Craft Lounge, I know you love the Dodgers, but I uh, hope you're watching this Padre game because they're doing pretty good. Wow. Oh, no, I'm good. So the critics have uh, definitely missed on this one, saying that the Padres had no chance in hell of winning, and it's currently 6 nothing. So I like that. Um, well, I think that we've had some amazing beers at Harlan Brewing. Uh, Ryan, I want to thank you for having us. Uh, also, Nick, who had to, had yeah, to, had to leave, leave us. Uh, uh, thanks shout out, Nick. For, um, Sorry, Nick just, Nick just bought a condo, and then they, they literally bought it, and then a pipe burst in oh, their no. upstairs, and oh. then they've been doing nothing but construct. They basically had to remodel their – they bought a condo, and then now they have to remodel their entire kitchen. That reminds me of that movie with Tom Hanks, The Money Pit. You guys ever seen that Yeah, movie? that's <laughs> that's exactly – Luckily, I think insurance covered it, but it's been like nonstop meeting after oh, meeting right. with con- contractors and making sure everything's getting done. So. That's horrible. Damn. Well, congrats on the new condo, and <laughs> hopefully it'll be all like <laughs> hopefully it'll right? be good. fixed up and yeah. ready yeah. to go soon. Yeah. Well, yeah. Good thing he's working for a damn fine brewery. You're working <laughs> for a damn fine brewery. You guys are successful. And Thank you, guys. Yeah, um, cheers to more success and more tap rooms opening. You got yeah. what, room for six, right? Yeah, six. Six total. So. You got two more to, two more to come. Two more. Two no, more no, where? Thank you for just welcoming, yeah, welcoming us in oh, and no. get, sharing like all nah. the amazing beers and like your guys' stories and everything. No, like, thank you guys for coming out. I know we enjoyed it, and like I know people are really going to just enjoy hearing from you guys. And, awesome. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of the, oh. I've wanted to do a show with you for a long time now and it's yeah we've been talking the, for a minute for yeah it's schedule wise and then you know josh passed away and this things got crazy with yeah. us and um but i'm glad we finally got to no, sit down awesome. and, and enjoy beers and i finally got to have some ube milkshake yeah, IPA, yeah. so i'm stoked yeah. about that so oh, yeah um i think the only thing fitting is uh ryan you need to meet our grandma because she's uh ready to come on and uh, all right tell us about it so uh, we're going to introduce you to uh to grandma for the beard adam brew podcast again thank you harlan brewing for having the beard adam brew podcast go ahead grandma they also practice by drinking the urine of a ram the, the what they drink ram's piss because of the ph balance no because if you can drink ram's piss fuck you can drink almost anything <laughs> she said fuck What gets you drunk or drink or what comes in bottles or in cans? Can't get enough of it. How we really love it. Makes me think I'm a man. I can kiss and hug it. But I'd rather chug it. Because my belly out to here. I could not refuse a beer. I could really use a beer. Beer, beer, beer. Beer, 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 beer. I can't remember how much I have had. I drank a 12 pack with my dad. 